No, no, enough of that. The Nen Show is cancelled, remember? Eh, just fucking with you. I'm your host, Craftsdwarf, here yet again for The Nen Show, with my co-host, Mathwiz. Say hello, Mathwiz. We're back to talk about shonen stuff. We're, we're not just a, the Magical Girl podcast anymore. As fun as that discussion was. <laughs> not till next year, I don't know. Okay, so, before we get into everything, like comments and stuff, because I do have a couple, um... Don't check the description for that poll yet. <clears throat> oh god, I'm gonna die. Um, oh no, we're we're losing craft store. Um, yeah, don't check because you're gonna want to. God, what? Why? Why is my voice killing me all of a sudden? See here, I thought you were doing that as like a joke. Like, no, don't I'm, check the I'm description. Actually... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually like dying. <laughs> now, see, now I have oh, to keep no. it in for context. <laughs> I can't just cut it out now. Um, oh no, I've ruined it. Mostly because we have changed plans. Uh, they know on my server, which was funny when they were guessing what uh, we were reading next. Um, but we're no longer doing the old school block next. Because um, <laughs> we were, I decided it makes more sense to do it chronologically because I was going to do a 90s and 2000s block after the new school. but I'm, Or after, kind of. But I'm like, wait, why not just go old school 90s, 2000s, 2010s, which was the new school. Um, so, But we had another block in there. And so we're moving that one forward because it's kind of important. Um, and the reason I say don't open the poll, I mean, you can. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a YouTube video, not a cop. Um, but the issue with that is, like, you want to know, have as much information as you, you know, you, you need before you make the vote. I mean, some of you maybe have already decided. So um, what we are reading next, of course, we're reading all of these series because uh, this block is a little special, a little, little unique. Um, because you are voting between heaven and hell. If you vote heaven... We are reading the works of Togashi. We are reading Yu Yu Hakusho first, and then Hunter Hunter. Hey. Yay! <laughs> or, if you don't like us that much, you could vote Hell, in which case we will read Hiromashima's Rave, or localized as Rave Master, followed by Fairy Tale. <laughs> uh. Oh, God. So, of course, yes, we are reading all four of these works. Um, so, you know, if Togashi gets voted first, we'll read Yu Hakusho, Hunter Hunter, Rave, then Fairy Tale. And if Mashima is voted first, we'll be reading Hunter Hunter last, you know. Um, I kind of want to move this one up because we are the Nen Show. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to have not discussed Hunter Hunter at one point. Um, and also I really want to see Mathos react to Fairy Tale. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts, like, uh, things you want to say regarding what we're reading next like personal because like, i know you've uh, well watched... i know if the, if this would be any incentive uh we can kind of get like some i don't know the the pros and cons of each yeah. um it seems like craftsdorf and i are gonna go to war over whether or not yu yu Hakusho <laughs> is good so if that sounds interesting i mean we'll get to it eventually um but there's that there's also uh i don't know i've never read fairy tale or rave master whereas i think craftsdorf has read or I've watched read fairy everything tale. that's i've read fairy tale twice uh yes i actually have read everything that you mentioned it um because i've read fairy tale twice i've read and watched hunter hunter and i've read rave and yu Hakusho once each though yu Hakusho was years ago so my opinion is uh hopefully it changes uh towards the more positive um yes Whereas you've watched Yu Yu Show recently, and you've watched Hunter Hunter, like, what, two or three times? Yeah, so I guess technically I haven't read the manga for any of these four, but I've seen yeah. the anime for Togashi stuff. And you've, well, you've read a little bit of the, the, the Hunter Hunter manga after the anime ends, right? Oh, yeah, I did read a little bit after, yeah, after the anime ends. That's, that's correct. 
So yeah, um, and I guess as further possible incentive, I think for Hunter Hunter, Hunter, Hunter is probably going to be a bit different than anything we've discussed so far. Because, well, Yu Yu Hakusho, we have both gone through it, but we've gone through it in two different, like, ways. So I'm not sure how much that will help or hinder. Like, you might be remembering things that only happened in anime, for example. So if we there's a contradiction in our memories from, like, later on, past where we're, we are in the reading, that might uh, be something to, you know, consider. But, um... You know, with Fairy Tale and Rave, it's going to be much like this, where Mathwiz doesn't know shit, except for pretty much what I've talked about in my videos, what vaguely you remember from, that was like a year, more over a year ago. Um, but Hunter Hunter, like, honestly, I might even suggest that we both catch up to the manga, not like very many chapters have been uh, released since we stopped, just because, like, Hunter Hunter will be interesting because we've both gone through it multiple times, so, like, unlike with even Naruto, like, I never actually finished Naruto, so, like, Ma and Mathua's had, and we were both, like, a bit foggy in some of the later stuff because Mathua's kind of fell off of it. So, with Hunter x Hunter, we'll have everything in mind. So, hopefully that'll be for a more interesting... Because we'll be able to bring in points from later without... Like, uh, anyone who hasn't read Hunter x Hunter will, or, or watched it, you know, they won't really be able to watch it for because of spoilers. But hopefully that also makes the discussion better for people who have. Um, but, um... So that's, uh, I feel like the, the, uh, the, uh, the incentive is going to lean towards Togashi, because I guess with Fairy Tale and Rave, like, I'm very curious as to see how you feel about Fairy Tale having gone through Rave first, because I feel like Fairy Tale was more popular. I think people, you know, went back to Rave, like, including myself, went back to Rave afterwards, so you'll have a different perspective. Though I guess for me personally, like, I also expect to, like, appreciate elements of it more. Like, I know for a fact there were areas I was incorrect on, in my previous uh, <laughs> tirade, so you could say, you know, I'm not a fan of that. I think the tirade is kind of mediocre, personally, now. Like, I, I, my standards have changed. I don't, I'm just not negative in general. So, um, I mean, not that Fairy Tale doesn't have, like, legitimate problems that I get to bitch about. And, like, there's some weird shit that he does. So, like, I, but I'm not going to be as, like, livid as I would have been if we did the then show, if we did Fairy Tale first, for example. Like, we were on Naruto. Like, we were really harsh on Naruto. It didn't deserve it. <laughs> especially early on no yeah and like a lot of our big points about it we didn't realize until like after the discussion so it's like not i don't know not the best introduction to the nen show but you got to start somewhere yeah well you know i mean i remember hearing that like a podcast you know if you do a podcast do six episodes first and then really start the podcast because like in our case like i do think we, like especially me at least like how i just you know engage with media has changed since doing naruto and bleach and like, I, I just, you know, like how I read, like if I, if we did those now, then, um, you know, I feel like what, you know, things I'd say would be different. Um, you know, I'm just more open to like, cause I've been wrong. Like uh, why uh, Sasuke, how, how did he summon up all this chakra to beat Daedara? That doesn't make any sense. And then I read the next, oh, that now it makes sense. I'm an idiot. So it's just like, I just try to be, I try to be more open to the fact that stories, uh, you know, are, I've haven't fully read, you know, or that are ongoing are, they're not over. So it's silly to get angry about them when, you know, again, they're not actually over. So, so yeah, go ahead and vote. Vote for heaven. Vote for hell. Um, again, we'll read all four of them anyway. Um, and so that, that'll be, uh, I, we will announce which ones we are reading next um, before, um, like, so yeah, this is episode 18. And then, so yeah, episode 20, the last One Piece episode. And then after that will be either Yu Yu Hakusho or Rave. Um, I'm also going to post, um, shit, I might do, have to do, I, I might do that later, but if you want to suggest ARC, like, if you want to give us ARC listings, like, I think these series are actually more well documented, like, there's some other stuff 
like uh, I remember like looking up stuff and some older series don't have like very well do- documented arc listings like the big three the, the but these these four series maybe not rave as much but definitely fairy tale and hunter hunter and Yu Yu show probably so but if you want to give like please if uh, try to separate them like give like a raw arc listing of like this is where each arc begins and ends and then if you want to give us a suggestion for the nen show like i'd rather have them separate because like i can't like if you look at the nen show i can't tell where the chapters like like if look back to the jaya episode um it start sky ps starts somewhere in that but if you just look at the numbers you wouldn't be able to tell exactly what chapter sky ps starts in i i knew because i had the arc listing but you know it just helps me because if we need to make a change like what if this a reading turns out to be more more dense or less dense than, you know, expected, like Bleach, for example. So, you know, so suggesting arc, arc, uh, or, suge- you know, arc listings, uh, and then suggesting Nensha episodes, like, go for it, please. That'd be a, a good, good help. Um, so, yeah, any final thoughts on what we're reading next, or shall we move on to comments? Uh, I don't know. I'm excited to read either of them. So whatever, whatever <laughs> happens, happens. Yep. yep. And then we will do old school after. Well, what what's probably going to happen is we're going to read, uh, we're going to finish either Fairy Tale or Hunter Hunter, whichever one's the last one. Then we're probably going to read Boruto. I don't imagine that uh, the next, the current ongoing One Piece arc is over, uh, will be over by the time we finish, even though it's four series. Um, I guess we'll find out, though. Um, and then then it'll be, the, I, 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 either way, it'll be the old school block after that. So, and as for what we're reading, we'll find out. Okay, so comments. Um, did you have any? I'm assuming no. They were, they were they were pretty good about spoilers. So, but it's also like the first half of the arc, so it's not as complete. Um, See, I had like I finished my reading at a decent time, so you'd think I would have had the extra time to read the comments, but I'm a failure. So, oh no. Uh, I did see the one that was the top comment. What uh, Craftsdorf is now a One Piece character, so that's cool. Because <laughs> of my laughs. Um, yeah, I guess that makes everyone has their unique laugh. Um, uh, so I guess first first one real quick to get a get a bit of a, a Nensho meme out of the way. Uh, Gazebo asked about the 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 character who's ex- who exploded in Bleach, and we were like, they're fine. Um, to explain that, in case you didn't watch all of Bleach, that was in the second part of the Arankar arc, uh, specifically the character of Tosen, who see I, I I took the Bleach like the, the no one dies in Bleach meme way too seriously because uh, it's not really true at all. Uh, but because I, I, I'd heard before the ser- the before I reading it that like you know in Bleach like if a character dies like quote unquote dies then there's like like they're not dead until they show up like until they show up again or not or something like that and so to- like a character gets fucking like destroyed his body explodes there's like a severed arm in the explosion and uh, we were like he might be okay or I I was <laughs> I don't and now we've been memeing that ever since because it was so dumb. <laughs> Um, so we referenced that last time, so I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, though for, um, I did not read all, it was, there it was three giant comments, like, it was too big for the fucking, it, on the entire arc, but, uh, Wyatt had, um, mostly it's some of his personal experience and opinions on Dressrosa. Um, like, obviously I didn't agree with everything, um, you know, like, uh, we've talked about pacing before, you know, um, like, I definitely, you know, can understand people seeing specifically the part, like, between... The toys uh, being uh, turned back into people and, you know, the arrival of, like, some of that stuff was, you know, less happening and more just, like, I described it as pieces moving into place. Like, so that I understand people being less engaged with, especially if they don't care about the characters, all the, like, um, and such. But, you know, I personally, like, I, you know, I was engaged with the whole arc all the way through, even though that was, like, a, a lower point, so to speak. 
Um, but everything like this whole reading was fucking awesome. Um, so as we'll, we'll get to, but, um, mostly I found that comment helpful because it helped me like, this is the perspective of like, um, you know, this, like I've seen these opinions elsewhere before in the fan base. So it just helped me like, okay, this is what people think of this arc, you know, like even it's just this person, but, um, I like, again, I've seen similar sentiments just scattered around. So like, like, especially things about, uh, Rebecca who are going to be talking about, um, a bit because she's rather contentious um and in particular uh, kibichu had a one pointed out how like people make her th- character out to be like a gender issue like oda is sexist somehow which i disagree with um but we'll i'll talk about that more later um i'm sure you have feelings and thoughts about all this um do you have opinions though because you have been silent <laughs> on that i mean i guess in regards Re- to rebecca or yeah go on rebecca yeah yeah i was gonna say i guess in regards to rebecca um I don't know. I feel like it's just a, a case of uh, One Piece isn't exactly a, like a feminist masterpiece. Um, <laughs> like, I think it could be better. I feel like these characters could do more, but I don't know. Some yeah, of the see, like some of the time it's okay. Some of the time it's maybe a little of a head scratcher, but I, like, I think I understand the, the sentiment behind it. Like with Rebecca, her father like wasn't able to protect her before. So it's not that like, oh, she shouldn't do something because she's, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of like that, but like, he feels responsible, like, he should do it because he failed her before. I yeah, don't know, yeah. it feels well, like Kibi's it's... comment yeah. framed it as, it's a parent-child thing, not necessarily a, a father, a daughter-father thing. Like, um... Yeah. So, you know, like, um... And I, I have some very specific observations regarding her Because, like, I definitely feel like I understand why people don't like her, and part of it is, like, she didn't get a fight. Like, she was introduced as being this Coliseum champion, but at the same time, like, she doesn't fight. Like, she only, like, she was a Coliseum champion because she won using the Coliseum's rules of ring out. Like, she's not a real fighter, so to speak. She she doesn't have the will to draw blood. Um, so, to, more, it's more, it's, her character's a bit weird in that, but that's a while off. <laughs> so, yeah, those were all the comments I had. Um, so, getting into the reading, um... Law and Luffy made it to the palace. Um, everyone's kind of like, you know, there's a bunch of, like, there's one point after the flashback where Violet, like, overviews where everyone is, more or less. Like, because uh, Bellamy, Doflamingo, Treble are also at the palace, and then there's a bunch of different levels. Oh, yeah, there's one moment that kind of gets at what I was talking about earlier, where, um, like, Doflamingo pisses uh, Luffy off, and Luffy, like, punches, um, him, tries to punch him and hits Bellamy instead. So, which was, you know, kind of a lot of, like, what I was saying last time. Oh, and there was a, a bit of a bit of a callback where, um, Doflamingo says, Hey, Law, do you remember what I taught you? The weak do not ch- have the right to choose how they die. Which is what Law told Toshigi back on Punk Hazard. Like, yeah, that uh, was, that was neat. <laughs> yeah, these, well, because, like, Law is, you don't really see it until the flashback, but, like, you know, Law and Doflamingo are really similar, um, but, um, and it, it's interesting, but, um. Uh, there was another moment of, uh, there was some fighting, too, um, and also, f- uh, Fujitora deciding to not, like, he's no longer fighting the pirates, he's, you know, decided to place his bets on Luffy, um, so to speak, which has some interesting consequences later, um. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like somebody, like, reading this could misconstrue, sort of, his actions is like his actions do kind of come off as sort of contradictory over the course of the arc. Like in the last stretch of chapters, he yeah. was he seemed to be siding with Doe Flamingo for a bit. But he but also I think seems all, like a nice guy. But yeah, or going. Uh, yeah, but I think it all kind of like ties together well enough that like he's just trying to paint the warlords in a bad light, and he's trying to bring down 
you know, the inclusion yeah, of pirates. Yeah, he doesn't like right. Pilots. He doesn't like the warlords. Well, because we we find out that he has it. He uh, he had got some information about Alabaster from Smoker. You know, driving home the parallels between the two arcs, and he's you know basically trying to avoid what happened there where the government covered up their wrongdoings and uh, <laughs> but that's a while off <laughs> so anyway um we do uh doflamingo drops a bit of uh information like he talks about his his backstory um and he also mentions that like he knows something about a crucial treasure in marajoa that the existence of which will what are you i don't know what it is <laughs> But it's uh, <laughs> just Oda dropping these little tidbits that are just super <laughs> it, interesting. It's, it's, this is one thing I'm kind of like starting to realize that like, oh, we really aren't anywhere near the end of One Piece, <laughs> are we? Because like now we're getting to the point where before you would have to like hold back because of spoilers. But now it's like the stuff actually isn't out yet. So yeah, so <laughs> now I'm, I'm finally catching up to the rest of the world. I'm no longer 20 years behind on one piece. <laughs> right. Right. Like that's, um, there's only like, there are only like two or three arcs you haven't read yet, depending on what you consider an arc. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, um, any other thoughts on this stuff before the flashback, or shall we get into law, the law? It's basically a law and Doflamingo flashback, pretty much. But uh, it was um, good. I guess this is more for what happens after the flashback. But I'm not a big fan of how this arc is kind of, or this stretch of chapters. I'm not a huge fan of like how it all plays out because we get this flashback, um, which we're gonna talk about. But like this happens, and it's like, oh. There's a lot of tension behind this Doflamingo, Law, Luffy fight. Uh, let's just cut away to all the side characters who aren't doing anything interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I kind of get that. Like, um, I was taking some things from some of the fights. Some of them were more, more eh. But like, I mean, it all kind of pays off in the end with all the those side characters. You know, with the whole Luffy alliance thing. But uh, yeah, I gotcha. Like, like I said, it becomes Bleach. <laughs> yeah, and you aren't, you yeah. aren't a fan of you aren't a fan of that. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. Um, so anyway, before we get into all those fights, uh, we get it, we, we've, uh, I mean, we kind of saw how Law, you know, he came up to Doflamingo, he's like, I don't, you know, I, I want to destroy everything, um, and, you know, he, yeah, he's, uh, Law had a shit fucking childhood, <laughs> um, like, holy shit, the, the whole, uh, White Town stuff was rough, um, with Flevance and the, the white lead, ah, I was rereading it, and... <laughs> Um, the last stretch of chapters, um, when, uh, Doflamingo shot Law, and Law, um, got it out of his handcuffs and took out the bullets, he's like, oh, he had to use lead bullets. Like, Doflamingo's such a piece of shit. <laughs> um, he even mentions it again later, I think, after this flashback where he, he pulls, he's hot lead, um, so yeah. But, um, there are some interesting parallels, though, with, like, Flevance and Dressrosa, um, like, because both of them sort of, like, became really like dress rosa became it was mentioned at the end they, it became more wealthy because of doflamingo's influence like before for the prior like 800 years it lived in peace but it was also a poor country you know so like like they still had their military and such but like you know there was no i like i guess that's why uh it never had war because like you know because they they weren't a particularly wealthy country they never had reason to be attacked um until so like i mean we'll definitely talk about the pacifism angle but uh, later but for now i also want to point out like because like part of the flevin's tragedy was because they decided to fight like they were quarantined and they you know after they tried to fight back now the, the, like um like it was shit they were fucked like you know but it, you could say it was made worse because they chose to fight and 
both countries sort of had, um, they got this sudden wealth from, you know, with government influence, so to speak, like with the white lead and Doflamingo, who is a warlord of the sea and a heavenly dragon. Um, and they put both paid a pay- great price for that. So I'm not sure what Oda's trying to say with that specifically, but I thought I noticed it as a, like a similarity, um, between the two countries. Uh, I don't, I don't know. The one thing you said about like, oh, they tried to fight back and like that seemed to me i don't know if i agree with that they seemed like they yeah. weren't quite well, they going were, anywhere they were fucked in the first place but like it's like well because it before it was like a quarantine um it was just an isolated country and then then it became an extermination when they tried to like escape and fight back so um you could say it was became worse because of that but uh that's what it seems that's what it seems oda seemed to be going for so i i, I suppose I will accept that, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, like you can also kind of see how, because like we see Doflamingo's backstory too, and you know he was a heavenly dragon who was brought down to the level of humanity, and he like you know he he sort of acted the same. He was talking, you know, he was like, "Why I want slaves? You know, why are these people walking in my path?" Like he's just kind of a typical heavenly dragon, and then or as he puts it, he saw heaven and hell by the age of ten, and so both of them, you know, wanted to destroy the world. And so, like, Doflamingo wanted to raise Law up to be his, like, right hand because he saw himself in Law, I suppose. Um, not that, because, Do- I mean, Law wasn't a heavenly dragon, but he was, you know, his family seemed wealthy. He was a doctor. Um, and, of course, everyone everything went to shit. Oh, uh, what did you think about Corazon, um, Dolph- Dolphy's brother? Um, are we talking, like, the entire flashback or just so I'm, far? I'm sure in I... general. Like, well, because he, he gets intru- he gets introduced to it and it's like, oh, he hates kids. And then uh, we find out he's, like, trying to get the kids out of Doflamingo's uh, um, organization by scaring him off, which was good. I, but um, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about Doflamingo's and uh, Corazon's dynamic. Uh, hmm. Okay. I guess this kind of, I don't know. I guess I could just bring it up. Uh, I know best guy ever made his video about Doflamingo's wasted potential. And I was interested to see, you <laughs> well, know, how you watched I'd feel it before, about that. Right. Uh, or I had watched it back when I had you first watched, or... I think a bit of it before okay. I hadn't finished it, uh, but I'd watched like a bit of it. And I was like, Oh, this goes into some deep one piece spoilers. I will not do that. Um, mm-hmm. but basically I, I kind of agree with his sentiment that I think Doflamingo was mishandled a bit in this arc. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like, cause like the, the way it's introduced is him, you know, his fa- like they're the, the fallen heavenly dragons. Like they step down and they're living amongst people and you know, Doflamingo, it, like he's presented through these like circumstances that I think would make it reasonable that he would develop this nihilism against, you know, all humans. And yeah. I think that also serves as like a, almost a bit of an extension of like the racism of Fishman Island. So I was drawing kind of some, I don't know if I'd say parallels between him and Hody, but like there were, I don't know. It was a similar enough theme that I thought was being set up here. Um, cause like, hmm, obviously, I about Hody, he, but uh, go on. Well, cause like he's, he was this kid who was born in like, you know, this, he was a heavenly dragon. So like he was born into wealth and you know, he, he was privileged. He had all these things. Um, but then he had that taken away, and I would imagine, like, with time, if he hadn't gotten, you know, if people didn't have the stigma against the the dragons, and or if they had, like, lived away, and I don't know. His father seemed to try to be, like, attempting to humble his family by, like, showing that they're, ju- they're just normal humans, but they never really got that kind of environment because they were met with this hostility. So, uh, I don't know. The way 
Corazon seems to be different from Doflamingo. Like, I could understand one of them being more, uh, I don't want to say passive, but, like, more... I could understand how, like, one of them ends up becoming nihilistic while the other one might not. But I don't feel like Oda did enough or gave me enough to show what separated the two. Like, what caused them Mm, to develop yeah. different mindsets like, other than just like Doflamingo is evil. See, I don't see I like okay, here's I guess where my disagreement comes from because Corazon is the younger one and like in when they were young like we pretty much only see him in the arms of like one of his parents, like either like on his mother's bed or in his mother's arms. So like I got the sense that he was just a bit younger than Doflamingo cuz like oh, that's the so thing. So like Doflamingo well, had more time to kind of acclimate be to the heavenly to, dragon yes, lifestyle whereas, whereas Cor- Corazon That's kind of how, well cuz and what really, like, because that's the thing, I think uh, Corazon's kind of a bit of a, like, when he says born evil, like, he's also being kind of a hypocrite for a few reasons, like, because the, Dovlami- the Don Quixote family is, like, well, because um, I, I have not read the original novel, Don Quixote, of uh, the uh, the original Spanish novel that, obviously, the name comes from, so I don't know exactly, like, but I do know that the character is, like, insane, and so... Like, one recurring thing with most of the, with these Don Quixote characters is they are, they're not like the heavenly, like the the father, he's like, oh, we're human. And the, the other heavenly dragons th- think of him as insane because he they, they have this godhood and he decided to give that up. So with Doflamingo, like, I don't think he's necessarily born evil. I think he's just, you know, like, again, he acclimated to that environment because that's all, like, his evil actions are just like no- what a normal heavenly dragon is. Like, you know, he, he wants slaves. He, uh, get out of my path. Like, he's... So I guess like you could say he's crazy in regards to, Do- to the Don Quixote family, but he's also just a normal heavenly dragon. And the reason I say hypocrite is because, like, again, law is kind of the same. Like, he was also born in, you know, like, um, affluence and had that all taken away and hated the world. Yet Corazon thinks law can change, even though he says Doflamingo was born evil. So, you know, that I don't really... So I don't... I guess I don't really agree with Corazon or Rosinante. Yeah, I, or- I guess that that's fair. Um... Like, yeah, I can, I can kind of understand the reasoning that, that you gave. Because um, I also didn't fully agree with, like, the way, you know... I guess Corazon was the main one who said that, like, Doflamingo is evil. Um, and I didn't yeah. agree with that. Uh, and I guess, you know, I don't know if I'd exactly call Corazon, like, the voice of the of the narrator here. Like, he's the, the moral center of this arc. So, yeah, you know, I, I guess that, that's reasonable. Yeah, I where that perspective comes from, I just disagree with them because, yeah, like, and, and of course, Doflamingo is not pure evil. Like he does, you know, his family. Like there's uh, things to dis- to unpack there, but you know, um, I just he, feel like, like Oda didn't do. I feel like Oda could have done more to try to unpack that. Like I feel like there could have been some more moral ambiguity here that wasn't fully realized for Rosinante, maybe. Yeah, because um, that would, I guess, make it easier to to. Um, you know, see, like, that he he's probably not correct. Uh, like, because I think, again, that it's the parallel with Law and Doflamingo that really uh, makes me think he's wrong, because it's like, why does he have hope in Law but not Doflamingo? Like, because I think maybe it is just the blood. Like, he's like, well, why am I so different from my brother? He just, like, can't, he can't, you know, he can't rationalize it, so he tries to, like, you know, come up with, oh, he was, bo- it was, he was just born that way. So that's kind of how I saw it. Um but anyway, um, moving on, I do like like a lot of the little interactions between the Doflamingo family. Like, um, like like there's like a whole montage of them like Law training and stuff, and they get into one fight, and like or Law and Baby Five are get like by this uh, guy with a bounty, and then the next pen, uh, like lower down the page, Doflamingo has saved them, and like Baby Five is just clinging to his leg, and she's all small and adorable. <laughs> um, 
Also, I just love how, like, in every single panel that Corazon's in, he's either falling on his ass or on fire. Like, <laughs> I don't know. His clumsiness was fun. Like, earlier he was, like, uh, or later on when he talked, when he, uh, he's actually talking to Law, he's like, yeah, my clumsiness, it is all an act. And he's, like, on fire, and it's like, <laughs> he's such a dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Um, because, uh, and I guess leading up to that, you have, a uh, Law revealing his true name, which I guess is kind of like a, well, it's an understandable, like, uh, translation thing, because I'm pretty sure his name is supposed to be, uh, Trafalgar D. Waterloo, as in, like, the, the fame, the Battle of Waterloo, because I think Trafalgar is also, like, Battle of Trafalgar Bay or something. Like, he's a reference to French, uh, war, or French battles in, like, the Napoleonic conflicts, I believe. But uh, I don't think we want to call him Trafalgar Lou, so I think law, water law, it's a little awkward, but it uh, sounds cooler, because uh, I, <laughs> I don't think it would have been as popular if we all had to call him Lou. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a D, um, so, which also catches Corazon's attention, because uh, he breaks his, uh, his, pact, his silence pact and explains some bits to law, um, which is important. Um, did you have any thoughts on that, or shall we move to the popularity poll? Uh, eh. Okay, well, because uh, that's super important for later, but, um, so yeah, for the popularity poll, um, Law shot up to second place, which is a, a, a spot that no non-Straw Hat has ever gotten to. That's, um, that's a spot that no one who isn't Zoro has gotten exactly. to. Exactly, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, and Zoro and Sanji both got bumped down, very sad. Um, Sabo also got really high, and Bartolomeo, and Bo, like, Bohan, like, there's, like, the least Straw Hats here that, uh, like, I think half of them are non-Straw Hats. Law, Ace, Sabo, Bart, Law, Ace, Sabo, Bartolomeo, and Bo Hancock, yeah, that's, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I mean, like, all the Straw Hats are still in the top 20, but yeah, they're not quite hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Frankie and Brooke, <laughs> down into 16 and 19, um, Oh yeah, and I also okay. This is a weird one because I also noticed it with the. I think there's another popularity poll after this. Um, because there's a character called F- Falafra or Farafa. He's like he's from the Al- he's from Alabasta. He's like one of the rebels with Koba Koza, and he, he's like got like hippo kind of teeth. I, I find I I, mo- I mostly point him out because he ranks at 88th place, uh, where Koza himself is 95. Uh, and he actually ranks higher on the next one. I think that it's got to be like a meme on 2chan or something where everyone votes for this character who no one gives a fuck about to see how highly they can get him. Because <laughs> he th- has like no dialogue. And like, so why is he higher than Koza? <laughs> it's just so weird. But yeah, popularity poll. So yeah, moving forward, um, Corazon talks about the D initial, about how um, the D... So... <laughs> Yeah, the D initial that we we've gotten like no information on since like Koreha or no Whitebeard because he said that there's something about like oh you're not the one to Blackbeard who also has a D but now we find out that they are the enemies of gods which is super consistent with Luffy because um he you know he was the, he was the natural enemy of Eneru way back when the one who called himself a god and then of course you have the finale of this arc which was really cool um but yeah it's kind of interesting. And it's also kind of interesting how it affected Law, too. Because, um, like, as he t- talked about with Sengoku, like, he thought the only reason Corazon, like, took a t- a put paid attention to him was because he was a D. Because that's when he opened up about his secret. That's when he started helping, you know, a little bit after that he helped Law try to cure his sickness. Like, so Law took it as, like, oh, Corazon wants me to defeat Doflamingo. Um, when really, as we find out, Corazon just wanted Law to live freely. But ironically, like, his actions sort of trapped Law, like, you know, because he believed he had to exert this vengeance on Doflamingo, which sort of turned, you know, which goes into 
all, a lot of his actions during the Dressrosa arc. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking of Sengoku, what did you uh, think about his sudden uh, role here? Nothing much, or...? Uh, I mean, yeah, he showed up. He talked to some people. Yep. Or are you talking about his role in the flashback? Both, because he, he comes back later, too. Um... I mean, yeah, I guess I guess it was interesting that he had this, you know, he had this connection to Corazon, and then that kind of connected him to Law. But I don't yeah, know, yeah. like, well, because he, like he didn't do that much before. Like, this is honestly some of the most important he's been in the series. Just like because Law's, you know, a pretty important character this arc, and Sengoku has this connection to him. Um, okay, and also seeing the um, Corazon go around to all the hospitals trying to get Law cured, and all the doctors are like, "Oh no!" and ah. Uh. <laughs> Like, I think the part that actually got me was um, one of the doctors, he crosses his fingers and then crosses his arms around across his chest, which we saw earlier this arc when Bartolomeo did it with his devil fruit and even says, like, even a kids and even kids know crossing your fingers is a barrier against harm. I'm just like, fuck you, you piece of shit, doctor. Like, <laughs> I don't know, it made me mad. Um, but yeah, seeing him connect is good. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it was cool seeing... You know, because obviously when we first see Kid Law, he's just, like, stern and stoic. and He's this edgy no boy. He wants to destroy the whole world. Yeah. Yes. And and that, and then, you know, when, like, Corazon's trying to help him and taking him to all these hospitals, on one hand, like, it, it, it speaks to him because he's like, oh, he wants to help me. But at the same time, Law has to, like, live this pain that he was trying to, like, ignore <sighs> over yeah. and over and over because nobody will help him. And, uh, right, because that was like the whole thing with the Flevon's flashback, where it's like, oh, if we wait here, and the nun was like, hey, if we wait here, we'll re- we'll achieve salvation, and then everyone got massacred, and so he, Law didn't no longer believed in anything anymore, and that's challenged when like, because he also hates the government because they were the ones behind the whole Flevon's you know White City tragedy, but then so because uh, Corazon tried to hide the fact that he was a Marine from Law. Um, but, you know, because, like, Law hates the government, but then he's being held... The one who... The first person to, like, connect to him after the tragedy was was a government guy. So, you know, he's, like... Like, the world isn't as, like, black as he saw it, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that's... Because, well, Law even says later that Corazon was the one who gave him a heart. And he literally did that because the op-op fruit is shaped like a heart. Um... But yeah, there's a bunch of like schemey shenanigans as everyone's trying to go after the the fruit. Um, I I did like it's I don't know if it's really much of a funny panel, but I just like when um like when he was going to all the hospitals, Corazon's just like, do I have to kill all of you myself? Because they weren't <laughs> helping Law. Yeah, the <laughs> damn you doctors, I'm gonna kill you! <laughs> like goddamn, what the f- rude. Um, <laughs> but um. Oh yeah, so I get. Oh, did you uh, like the cover page? Um, I think it was ch- for chapter seven hundred sixty-six. Yes, had, uh... <laughs> where I was like Naruto is there, but Nami's just standing in front of him, so you can't see him. With, I don't know with, if that with... would have like violated some sort of like copyright uh, no. or whatever. Well, because he actually like literally for I think it was Koche Kame's thirtieth uh, anniversary or maybe twenty fifth, which is the comedy manga. Um, like he literally showed up as like a mar- with like a marine uh, rifle in one panel. Um, I think it was just him being coy, Oda. Um, <laughs> okay. So, well, because, like, the, um, I actually read an interview where they were talking about, because, yeah, this chapter was, ne- um, it, it ran in the same magazine as the same, as chapter 700 of Naruto, the last one. Um, and that and was they, the one they, that had, like, the One Piece symbol, yes, on, like. On, on on the graffiti in the, on the yes. Naruto statue, right. So, it, it's just cute. And then Nami's got the Konoha symbol on her dress, and Luffy's eating ramen. Like, <laughs> um, it's just, it's cute. <laughs> oh, um. 
Also surrounding the op-op fruit, um, you read the SBS later, right? Where it mentions uh, the Diaz's barrels and his son, um, <laughs> Diaz Drake. Oh, yeah. So, right. So, okay, because I've been like... Because <laughs> we also saw Drake on the cover page where he uh, he captured Caribou. And then we see him after all this arc where he's he's wor- he's working with Kaido. So he's uh, basically I wanted to say because I've been I've said it earlier. He's the like to me like the second most mysterious character alongside Kuma. Whereas like Kuma, you know, he w- worked with the revolutionaries, but now he's a government with the government for some reason. Um, Drake, he was a his dad was he looked up to Marines and then he joined the Marines, but then he left the Marines to join Kaido. And it's like, why? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> like, I just, there's a story there. Like, obviously, like we saw a bit of it here, you know, with young Drake. Uh, jo- you know, he he left his father and jo- and you know ended up a marine ship and pro- you know joined and eventually became a rear admiral. But like, there, I want to see more to his story because it's like it's they're kind of averse from each other now. I think about it because like Kuma was you know a criminal who became a war a, um you know um, a warlord a government dog. And then Drake was a, a government guy who became a, a pirate. So like, but they're both super mysterious because because those actions are so weird. Like I know there's a story there, and I really want to see the stories for both of them. So, um, yeah, I'm just just throwing that out there because I'm curious. I'm super curious. Um, uh, so anyway, back to the rest of the flashback. Corazon gets the fruit. Law eats it. Um, he goes to try and get Corazon help. Um. He fi- meets a marine soldier. Uh, <laughs> he could have gone to anybody, and it had to be Virgo. The first Corazon. Oh, motherfucker. Oh, man. And, well, now we find out, like, because I remember when Law was about to fight Virgo, and Doflamingo Dol- was like, oh, you've got trauma from Virgo in the past, right? And, well, here it is. Um, so, because, yeah, Virgo beat the shit out of both of them. Um I do think it is kind of interesting uh, the way that I don't know how often it is that a character like shows up and like is defeated in a story. And then like late in a later arc, like they we only like that's when we kind of learn more about them. Like Virgo, he's already been defeated in the main story, but now we're like learning more about him through this flashback. And it's like giving him more power, even though he's already been defeated, which is interesting. Yeah, 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 because you're right, because, well, it was kind of similar with Monet last time, where the dwarves were, or the Tontos, the little people were talking about how, like, oh, I think this country started, or maybe it was Kairos, but, like, this country started to get weird when that mysterious woman, Monet, appeared in the the the, the palace as a secretary, <laughs> and she, she in the flashback, she let uh, Dolph- the Doflamingo family in, so it's like, yeah, it's interesting, because they have ties with the, well, they've been with the family for a while, so, um, yeah, it, it is neat, um. Because you're right, usually when a villain is beaten, they're just out of the story forever. But um, this uh, this is pretty cool, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, Doflamingo goes to uh, deal with Corazon. Uh, and I, the bit, I, I like this bit too, because it's like, because again, Law was such an edgy boy, but then when uh, Corazon, like, he, he makes him silent so that, you know, at Law, um, you know, nothing he says or does will make noise. And then there's the part where we see him, like, tapping on the 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 treasure chest um and he's like like smiling and it's adorable because he's like he's just having fun with the ability even though earlier he called it lame and then corazon makes his doofy smile face (laughs) and then well it really it's what when it really gets me is like a little i think it got me a little bit like i didn't like sob but i think i got a little watery eyed when um 
when Law was like crying silently, and then Cora died, so he, the, the 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 noise came out, and I was yeah. like, no, you can't do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, um, like because I wouldn't say Dressrosa is like it's like around my top five because it's really fucking good, I think. But like emotionally, it doesn't get me as much. Like I had a couple moments where I was like watery eyed, um, but not. I never like. I don't think I ever like, cried. So, so so emotionally, it doesn't hit me as hard as like a bunch of as, like some of the other arcs have. have. But um, it's I, I still think it's pretty good. Um, and uh, we have only just begun. But yeah, there's also um, a moment between Doflamingo and Corazon where uh, Cora explains that he's you know go, goes through his past or or he explains that he's a traitor pretty much, and you know he gave Law's fruit, and Doflamingo like because Doflamingo's whole thing is like like he even says like he excuses failure. But it doesn't excuse betrayal because, you know, like, like we saw earlier with uh, Diamante and Treble, he was like, oh, yeah, you failed. It's fine. But, you know, he doesn't excuse betrayal because I think I think in part, I mean, maybe part, I guess, to look into his backstory is like, you know, he he was taken from, his, you know, Marajoa, you know, the place he he, you know, he wanted to be pretty much by, you know, his father, you know, completely outside of his control. And so, you know, I think that um, instilled his desire to sort of control as much as he can. So, you know, being that's why being betrayed is the worst for him. Because, again, you know, he wants to control. So, you know, even his own brother, like, I don't know. I definitely think that, like, uh, you know, like, Doflamingo definitely, you know, obviously didn't want to kill Corazon. But, you know, he forced his hand because he, he was, was being, un, you know, he wasn't uh, control or able to be controlled, so to speak. So, I don't know, Dolphy's definitely um, not good. But, like, I don't know, his family is kind of, like, some aspects to, the, like, there's some more to talk about later, but, like, his relation to his family is interesting, um, because, like, he demands so much of them, but he also still, you know, cares about them, and it's just, like, a, it's kind of a unique dynamic, because, again, we don't really see the whole, like, the villain who, you know, cares for their, you know, inner circle so much, but, uh, or, or cares for their crew, but, like, it, but how it, how it works with Doflamingo is kind of interesting, um, because there's there's some moments from later I'll talk about, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's pretty much the end of the flashback. No, uh, yeah, I, d- I did like how in that flashback he like even when there was the suspicion that that he that his brother betrayed him, he's like, well, I really don't want to suspect my own brother, but yeah, yeah. When Corazon left, like they left, he left for six months, and then they were also free from the Marines for the six months. And huh, that's that's a bit of a coincidence, but he's like, eh. Yeah, Doflamingo is still, like, he wanted to trust his brother, but, you know, that, that trust turned out to be misplaced. And, you know, like, again, he, betrayal. So, ooh, yeah, I don't know. Doflamingo's a good villain. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Sh- uh, he, he might be one of my favorites. Like, uh, if there's a contender, they'd actually be from the next arc. Like, Moria is also really good, but Doflamingo, I think, is great. Um, yeah, I, I still have mixed feelings. Um, I mean, like, I get the stuff with, like, his upbringing. Like, he, you know, I, I like the dynamic with, like, I mean, obviously I don't like it because it's a very toxic dynamic. <laughs> but, you know, like, his his relationship with his father, like, that makes sense how that would shape him. Um, and, like, you know, how he was kind of, like, you know, just for basically being who he was, like, he, he was treated negatively from like the outside world so like it makes sense how he would develop this you know like the cynicism he has and how he would come to manipulate people i just there's (laughs) bits of it that still i feel like could have been done better and we'll see uh there's more to discuss so anyway um so anyway after the flashback uh viola you know the all the side characters that you don't care about (laughs) um yeah i mm, 
I mean, Oda, Oda has, I don't, I don't know, like, his flashbacks are, are normally placed pretty well. Like, I really liked what he did with uh, the Wapole thing, because then it's like Luffy delivers this big punch, <laughs> and it's like the flat, like, up to that point, Wapole was just kind of like, whoa, who's this guy? Uh, he's just funny villain man. Uh, but then, like, he has this big flashback, and then it, like, builds up to this one big two-page spread punch from Luffy, and it's great. But yes, here it's like, like... Before the flashback, Luffy was just punching a dude, and then after the pla- flashback, he's punching Wapole, the piece of shit who ruined his country. So it's like, mid, mid-word, because it's like, bull, let, um, between the, uh, around the flashback. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> but then, but uh, yeah, then, like, here, it's like, here is this fight. Uh, that's going on like law and doflamingo clearly have history uh, so let's inform you on these characters and then let's just cut away yeah well like i guess the thing because i i kind of compared dress rosa to flevance and there's also like corazon was trying to save dress rosa so like i guess you know there was there is a link you know because like the, the 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 letter that he was going to give to the marines that ended up in virgo's hands you know would have potentially like been an aid to dress rosa in because I don't know, like, it's only a, maybe a couple of years between um, the end of the flashback and uh, Doflamingo taking over Dressrosa. Um, so, like, you know, it, it's possible, like, so yeah, like, there is a link between there, but, because, like, compared to, to, since you brought up Drum, like, you know, the the flashback is Chopper's flashback, and what happens right after the the flashback is, you know, Luffy and Chopper versus Wapple's forces. So, like, now we have context into Chopper and Korea and Wapple, whereas, like, with this, it's, like, you know, like, it's not really connected to Dressrosa. Like, there's some parallels, and, you know, again, like, Corazon was trying, like, um, Law even says that Tr- Corazon was trying to save Dressrosa, or someone says, and then um, then it goes into all the people who are trying to save Dressrosa. But it's not as close a link, I suppose, so yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think it's also interesting, um, although this time in a more, like, a, a good way, how Oda, um, I don't know if it's flashbacks within flashbacks, but, like, Oda... The way he kind of, like, cuts it up, like, sometimes, like, a chapter will end off of one moment, and then, like, another chapter begins with, like, oh, here's Doflamingo shooting his father. Like, it's yeah. another kind of, like, I don't know, breaking things up a bit with, like, different parts of the flashback. Yeah, because, like, the the law flashback is more or less, like, linear, but the Doflamingo, like, we see, we even see bits of it afterwards. Like, later we see Treble, um, like, because, like, we see, here we see Go- Doflamingo with the gun shooting his dad, but later we see uh, Treble actually giving Doflamingo the gun and his devil fruit. Um, so, like, it's, 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 it's Doflamingo's, like, backstory is broken up uh, quite a bit, and some of it he, he talks about, but, like, yeah, um, but, um, Oh yeah, but so anyway, after the flashback, Law talks about, uh, they talk about Corazon, you know, Law says that, like, he, he's there to pull the trigger that Corazon wasn't able to, you know, to pull, so, like, which is, you know, like I said, it, you know, he's basically, he's not free, he's being trapped by what he thinks Corazon wanted of him, um, so, you know, that's kind of, because some people, I guess, don't like the fact that Luffy was the one who defeated Law, or defeated Doflamingo, <laughs> Luffy defeated Law, that would be weird, um, <laughs> But, um, cause, like, yeah, Law has all this context and, you know, backstory with, history with Doflamingo that Luffy doesn't have, but, uh, I think it's important, and especially for something Luffy says later. Um, oh yeah, and Doflamingo just fucking rips off Law's arm. Like, that was fucking brutal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's usually not something that, I mean, like, I guess we had earlier this arc, the guy cut off his own leg, um... Yeah. But yeah, like I don't know, that's not something Oda usually does. Like to to bring up the the bleach parallel again, like oh, a character loses their arm. Uh 
Yeah, um, that's... well, what's also notable about this, it, it seems like, because he's, you know, cutting, like, he, it's kind of like he's, like, ripping it off with, like, it doesn't look like a clean cut. So, like, he's using a string, but he's, it's, uh, uh, he, it's, it's a little rough. One thing um, I did, like, um, in this little, like, interaction with Doflamingo and Law, um, uh, Doflamingo is saying, like, oh, if you hadn't screwed up that one day, then all these countless tragedies might never have occurred, and Law is like, so even you consider them to be tragedies, and yes, that was that was interest an interesting line. Um, though I've I've seen like other translations, and apparently the line in the anime is different. So I'm kind I'm kind of curious to see about that. But like, yeah, it was definitely interesting because like, yeah, Doflamingo's like, yeah, that's an interesting um line of thought from Law. So yeah. Um, also, I guess it's a little bit earlier, but I also liked how like Doflamingo is like legitimately kind of unsettled about the fact that Law was a D. Like he was like panicking a bit. And so, like, it, even he even says it's just a superstition, but he also kind of values that superstition. Like, and I guess that's part of that. Oh, yeah. Ah, I forgot to mention because, like, all, like, Dress Rosa really puts into context a lot of Law's previous actions. Like, why was he at the auction hall that was connected to Doflamingo? Like, I don't think we, that, like, he was kind of an opportunist, so I, I don't know exactly why he was here. But, like, it's kind of understandable why he was specifically at the one auction hall that Doflamingo had connections to. I mean, it, like, that, that's, you know, there's got to be a reason for it. It's just we did, never got an outright answer. Like, he did, he kind of made off with the slave. So, I don't know, maybe he was going to try and use some of his pull with Doflamingo to get, um, you know, a slave or something. Like, some more crewmates, basically. I don't know. But, like, more importantly, why did he save Luffy at the war? Why did he save a D, the enemy of God, at a war? <laughs> so... That's probably the biggest one, I think. Um, so anyway, after that, um, we get Luffy and Bellamy uh, round two. What did you think about that? Um, I mean, not a whole lot happened, but it was it was cool. Like they start kind of scuffling, and then like we cut away to a bunch of other fights. Then we come back, and Luffy beats Bellamy. Um, yeah, in I mean, the yeah, same, it, it was in the interesting that Bellamy, like I don't know, like he he has developed a bit in that, you know, he is still. Like, he has the option to not fight Luffy, but he's going to do it anyway because he's like, well, I'm an idiot, so I might as well just commit to that because, you know, I've gone this far or whatever. And he, so he wants Luffy to, you know, to beat him in that, and then he's going to die, and that's going to be his final. He has lived a failed life, and that is the end of him. But that's not what happens. I mean, like, he... <sighs> he so good. Or gone. I mean, yeah, like, he gets yeah. defeated, but he, he doesn't die. And, like, he has a chance right. to a chance to change. Like, he doesn't have to... He doesn't have to be a failure. He can find something else for himself. He can keep, yes, right. Well, because like, because you know, before he didn't believe in dreams, and then he found one, and he he just wanted to, you know, because he idolized Dolphamingo, he wanted to follow him. But then, you know, uh, the little bit of flashback, I, I kind of was about to mention this last time, but it kind of really explains why Dolphamingo fucking hates Bellamy because Bellamy was he comes from from the rich city of Nortis. He hates it because it's a boring old... He, I want to be a pirate. You know, he... So he idolized Doflamingo because he was formerly, um, you know, like, wealthy, but then he got, you know... And so... Which Doflamingo fucking hates. Like, Doflamingo wants nothing... Like, seems to want nothing more than to, you know, he either get back to Marajo or, like, have vengeance about the fact that he can... He can no longer be a god, basically. But Bellamy gave that up willingly, so I think... I, yeah, I wonder so, if, like, Doflamingo had it taken away from him out of his control, whereas, like, Bellamy... Yeah, Bell- Bellamy did it willingly. Became a pirate so. because he wanted to, yeah. So maybe like, Doflamingo so, kind of hmm, envies I I... that, like, Bellamy had that choice to begin with. 
Right, like, and, or, that, yeah, because he, he gave something up willingly, and, like, and, and also, I guess, hmm, I'm wondering if that, how that factors into his world, like, maybe, mm, no, no, I guess, because he believes humans want, you know, blood and stuff, and Bellamy kind of, you know, he, he became a pirate, but yeah, like, yeah, that's, it's, it's an, inter- you know, it's interesting, because it explains, um, because Doflamingo does sort of, like, take a special negative exceptions toward Bellamy, like, he doesn't particularly care about, like, all his other minions and stuff, like, uh, like, uh, Gladius, um, tells the, the soldiers that became toys, he was like, "Oh yeah, you get, we'll we'll just change you back um, any afterwards anyway." Or, um, or oh no, that's right. Uh, Sugar got knocked out at the beginning of the stretch of chapters, and they were like, "Whoa, um, what would have?" Or you were gonna change us back, right? And he's like, "Yeah, we would have after all the fighting." And then in his brain was like, "Well, we'd have for- we actually would have forgotten you." So it's like they don't care as much about the small minions and stuff. But like as like Bell like again, Doflamingo seems to take special exceptions toward Bellamy, so and how much he dislikes him. So um, yeah, it's a good little thing. But um, and yeah, their little fight was good with Luffy because like Bellamy, you know, he wanted he's a dreamer now and he wants to like you know have faith in that dream like no matter even to the point of you know his defeat. And so he, but he's got, you know, so he's had his dream broken after finding it, which is like, <laughs> and uh, it's just, and then, but now he's still, you know, he's still around after the arc. So that's good. Um, it was, yeah, it was a good moment. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff setting up some of the fights. Um, I guess we're just going to do, do the, do the bleach thing where we just go through each fight. <laughs> well, no, we did it with Naruto too, like the Sasuke rescue arc. Um, but yeah, just go through all the fights. Um, <laughs> so like. Were there any of them in general that you had like thoughts on? Um, um, I guess we like... could talk about like this, the the two. I'm pretty sure only two of the fights had mini flashbacks in there, but there's like the Senor Pink Frankie fight, and then there's the yes. the Baby Five Baby. one. Yes, and like um, I don't mm-hmm. really understand what their backstory flashbacks added to the arc, other than like okay, we understand why they are the way they are, um, but I don't know what it contributes like thematically. So, well, um, well, okay, like, the the one with the giant, I, I don't really have much to say, um, he just, he punches, punches it out of Mac Bison, it's cool, but the, si- we'll talk about the Psy one, uh, the Psy and Baby versus, uh, well, it's also, like, Baby Five, Lao G, Psy, and Don Chinjiao, um, so with Baby Five, like, the thing with, like, the story in general, like, One Piece is more, it leans more towards selfishness than selflessness, like, you know, the, and, that's important with Doflamingo's family because they're all willing to, like, offer themselves for Doflamingo, basically. And Baby Five, like, she's the most self... I would... You know, she she wanted to be needed. So she's, like... She she desperately wants to be needed, but, um... You know, Sai is kind of like, well, hold on. You know, like... Like, um, Lao Ji even says, like, um... You know, they, they he want, he wants, um... You know, she's useful. Like, they're all kind of use... You know, they're, they're, they're all kind of, like, there to be used by Doflamingo. And Baby Five in her... Like, cause that's the thing is like, they still kind of like look out for her. Like, you know, Buffalo was like using her for money, but then like, uh, she was p- like, when we were first introduced to her, she was pissed off that Doflamingo killed, uh, her fiance and the town he was from. But like, it, it, he was just like, probably just like trying to, he was trying to use her even more. So like, uh, like, um, but, and Sai kind of like is sort of pushing her, you know, out, out of that because, um. Because her selflessness is to the point, like, she was literally about to just shoot herself because Sai made a joke about it. Because um, she's, she just, she wants to be needed above all else. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of pushing her out of, like, and she's the only Doflamingo member who doesn't, like, get captured. Because so, she's the only one who's able to sort of go beyond that, that sort of, like, because that's, that's the thing. It's like, everyone's willing to sacrifice themselves for Doflamingo. So, like, like, and I think that's also kind of important to Sang Your Pink. Because... He had a love with a Russian, 
um, the woman he loved, but uh, the relationship kind of fell apart because he was part of Doflamingo's crew. Like he was away on a mission, and when she, when uh, his his son died, and then um, you know she he was awkward about telling, like she couldn't contact him because he lied and said he was from a bank um, when he was actually a pirate because she hated pirates and like. So he was, like, torn between two families, so to speak. The Doflamingo family, you know, and he, the family he built. And so, but he wasn't able to, like, he wasn't willing to choose one or the other, so to speak. So he kind of, he lost his family. So it's like, he was too, too tied to Doflamingo to, and, yeah, that and that kind of, like, you know, he lost his family for that. So, because um, that's the thing about self-sacrifice is, you know, if you sacrifice, you're, that you, you're going to lose something. And, yeah, these so these are all characters who dedicate like you know for most of them it's not an issue but like yeah uh, you know of course Senor Pink would lose everything because he works for Doflamingo because that's what Doflamingo asks of his family or like he wants like with the Monet you know uh, we need Punk Hazard destroyed for all my plans so you know die for me and she was like yes like that's the thing they're all willing to do it even though like if uh, it's avoidable he won't like with Giola on the bridge so she was willing to let Law kill her but Doflamingo wasn't so uh, hope, that was a bit rambly. <laughs> Hopefully you got something out of it. Um, but yeah, I guess also with the Senor Pink fight, like, because uh, Frankie was also a part of it, and uh, I don't know how, like, I guess, like, part, part of it was like, oh, being a man, and last time there was, like, the Frankie kissing the one girl and Senor Pink using the bikini top of one, another one as, like, a napkin, and I'm like, I guess, like, Senor, they both kind of, like, look down on him as kids. Like, in Senor Pink, it kind of makes sense because he has his wife that he loves, that he still loves after all these years. Uh, Frankie, like, I don't, like, it's his fight, but I don't see how it's, like, relevant to his character much at all. Um, <laughs> let alone with the sexual harassment on top of that. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna label that as a, 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 a small oof, uh, there. Maybe, maybe in a big oof. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't really have much to say about that one. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what I mean, like, this, I think, was the first arc, really, in One Piece, where, like, I felt disappointed, um, hmm. maybe that's just because I had really high expectations because of all the build-up Doflamingo had, um, yeah, well, I mean, like, he's the first, like, antagonist that, the, or, go on. But yeah, there are, there are, like, a number of, like, th- this stretch of chapters in particular, um, felt like it kind of dragged, like, we, we just talked about Frankie versus Senor Pink, that one didn't really grab me, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just wasn't really feeling it. Yeah, see, it's like I'm, a, I'm the opposite. Like the fights were, like, like, because uh, the later stretch that like gets maligned is the birdcage when the birdcage is closing in. I was personally like super fucking hype throughout all that, but like, no, like, yeah, it is a, it is kind of a, a controversial arc. Uh, like again, I'd recommend reading that comment, the, the three part comment by Wyatt. Now that you've uh, on the last uh, episode, now that you've like read the whole arc, and maybe it'll you know get at some of your feelings. Um, maybe you'll, you know you'll disagree agree in some areas, um, but because it's like again like it's such a long arc and there's so many things going on that needed to be resolved. Like that's the thing. Like it's it's also like blisteringly fast, yet it's also like the longest arc in the series. So like I I was engaged through all of it, but I also I'm also I love One Piece, so of course. Um, but yeah, there are parts of it I'm like, eh, like some of the fights, like, uh, the, uh, what's the one fight? Uh, like, like, oh, like, like the, the Machvice, uh, giant one, um, was just, eh, like, and even then, like, n- like none of the fights are particularly, like, great. Like, Luffy versus Doflamingo, I think, is good, but, like, you know, like, I do like the Bart Gladius one, like, the, the ways the powers were playing off each other, and Bart, you know, trying, you know, just... <laughs> 
Bart's a goofball, so I'm gonna enjoy anything he does anyway. Um, and you also had Cavendish sort of, like, making... Cons- like, because Hakuba was, like, a big part of, like, his fame, or it was a part of it, because he, like, uh, Bastille mentioned that, you know, he accepted the Hakuba persona because of the fame it brought him. Um, or the fame, like, from the, the areas that, you know, it, it, Hakuba always appeared in areas that he happened to be. Um, and he kind of, like, controls it a bit more, as he's also, like, letting himself be, a, you know, a, a subordinate to someone he hated, like, five minutes ago. Um, so that was nice. Um, oh, the Mancheri one, or Leo and Giola was just kind of there. Um, I mean, Mancheri's adorable, <laughs> and she has a funny, like, um, thing with Leo, because she's, like, being, like, a, a princess, and she wants to be saved by the, by, but Leo kind of just, like, hates her. <laughs> um, so that's kind of cute. Yeah, I'm just blowing through chapters at this point. Okay, so, um, there are a couple more fights, and I think probably one of the bigger... Do you have particular thoughts about, uh, Diamante versus Kairos? Um... Because that's a bigger one, I think. Because he's one, you know, Diamante is, like, one of the big dudes, and Kairos has been an important character, so... I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I understand how this one is, like, thematically relevant, but, like, even... I don't know, I just don't really have much to say. Oh, real quick, I forgot to mention, because... I, well, I, I wanted to talk how their fighting styles like match sort of how the their their uh, thing, but I forgot to mention because I Baby Five, you know, her whole thing is that she she wants to be used, um, and she also turns into a weapon, something that that um tends it's a tool. So <laughs> I took me I, I didn't realize that until uh when she came up in Punk Hazard or I think so. Just thought I'd point that out there. Uh, huh. Well, but, yeah, that uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I like it Not when the powers reflect the character. Like, Yes, exactly. Not as kind of, like um like I'm trying to think like how does Singer Pink? He swims through stuff. I don't see how that uh, particularly matters. I guess, but like, but at least for this one, it's good because like, because sort of what you have here is like you have the current uh arena champion fighting the previous one, and so like Diamante uses a bunch of like tricky bullshit. Like he he te- fights with the sword, but he's also got a lot of weird tricks and shit with his flag his uh fl- flag powers. Like he he does the the rain of spike balls. So he fights in like a tricky way, whereas Kairos is a very straightforward fighter. Um, and you know he talks about how he's like he's fighting for the like he's he's glad to feel the pain because you know he was a toy for so long. Um, the pain is proof of his humanity, as he says. And um, and then he sort of like all that anger. Like when Di- after like after it doesn't work, Diamante tries to fight him in a straight up fight, and uh, Kairos crushes him pretty basically. <laughs> Cause like yeah, um, it, it, and uh. Diamante falling on Scarlet's grave was nice. Um, oh, there's also a small thing here from like Robin, cause like it's not directly stated, you know, cause like, uh, but I mean it's straight stated elsewhere with like the Alabasta dress Rosa parallels. But here you have Robin protecting the princess, and you know, so that the father, you know, the father. Whereas like last time on Alabasta, she was the one who captured uh, the princess and the father. So like. Now she's helping where before she's uh she was she wasn't she was she was on the other side so you know it wouldn't been neat to see like a, a direct reference to that but it's it's still fine um yeah that that's a pretty cool connection I do like that because Robin is good <laughs> um there was also like the one little spot after the fight ends where because like she makes her her like hand flower thing to like protect the princess from the, the or. To to protect Rebecca from oh, all the got, fallen yes. spikes, but she get she gets like her I don't know her like thing has a few holes in well, it, the, and she gets look, like struck like, in the back. 
yeah, there's holes in the like thing of flowers, and she's got she's bleeding out. So she she didn't just protect uh, Rebecca with her powers; she protected her with like her body and didn't let them see any of her pain. And like ah, oh, because like like Robin hasn't gotten really hurt since like fucking when Spannon was beating her up on Enya's lobby. So it's like ooh damn, like Robin's good. <laughs> um, and I guess one more fight. I just thought it was um like it's not really big like character wise, but you get a uh, Zoro versus Pika. Um. And I kind of like it because I like Zoro using his brain. Like, he's, like, he comes up with five different, like, plans and, like, goes through, like, oh, no, that one will work. That one will work. And, you know, he ends up coming with one that works. Um, I don't know, Zoro doesn't use his brain a lot. And it's neat to see him do that. And he teams up with the, some other guys. And it's cool. Um, also, I never uh, read this with the official translation. So when he uses a uh, billion-fold world, uh, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh i don't know it's because that's a big number <laughs> he's thrown out there so what What was the other translation then i don't it was probably just the same thing in japanese which means i didn't get anything out of it because oh, it's just oh japanese so it was words. just japanese and so this was like the first like english thing yes because that's the a lot of fan translations like they leave the the english translation in like the margins and they just leave it in the original japanese for some reason so like for like for like Jinbei's attacks especially, I didn't like actually like bother like understand. Oh, breakfast, yeah. Until I read the official translation where they actually leave it in English. Um, I don't know. Translators are weebs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I did. I kind of like him systematically like figuring out how Pika's powers worked and breaking him down before destroying him in the end. So that was cool. Um, like I guess also I wonder if part of the reason these fights aren't as engaging to some people like is or, you know like not that I was into all of them, but like. Luffy had a pretty tough fight. He had to go all out. So did Law, and Law was pretty weakened. But like almost every fight ends in one hit. Like it's kind of similar to like to Arlong in a sense, except the characters aren't handicapped per se. Where like Arlong is just like way above the rest of them, and like because and since they aren't handicapped, like yeah, like Zoro ends the fight in one like real decisive hit. Um, Kairos, I'm pretty sure, beats Diamante in, like, one hit. Like, they're just a lot... They're, they're pretty quick fights, all things considered. There's just a lot of them. So I wonder if that's part of why people are engaged in them. You know, they're just quick. So, um, maybe. Oh, you do get a little flashback with Mihawk. That was nice. You can't drink until you, uh... You, you've learned hockey, pretty much. Um. I mean, I did like the... Whatever it means for Zoro's character that, like, oh... Uh, try not to like scratch your blades. Like that's what the hockey does. It, like so b- before it was like yeah, you know no no he's... wounds on the back. That was like the big thing. And now we're kind of like adding to that. Like okay, now I can't break my blades. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because he even said like you've broken my swords before, <laughs> but um yeah he's stronger now. So that's cool. Like he's stronger. He's smarter. Like we don't we haven't seen his Mihawk training, but he's clearly gotten quite a bit from it. Um. So anyway, um, back up to the palace, uh, Luffy beats Bellamy, we already kind of talked about that, um, Doflamingo has a, there's a flashback to him and, uh, Law, where, you know, Doflamingo stresses how, like, meaningless Law's life has been, because he's about to die, um, <laughs> and there's a, a fucking Doflamingo tries to get him to perform the immortality surgery, and he's like, okay, yeah, I'll, you know, um, I'll grant your, you know, if you can grant these wishes, uh, bring Korra to life and kiss everyone's ass in the entire country like he's such a <laughs> law is such a snarky bitch like and then he flips him off like uh <laughs> oh and um so this was i also thought what dopamine did after that was interesting because he's shooting law and he's he's like you know why do you have corazon on your jacket 
why do you why is your crew named the Heart Pirates? And he's like, uh, he doesn't like he doesn't understand why Law cares for Corazon. And um, like, but because what Doflamingo says is that um, you won't sit on the Heart Throne. Like all he sees in Law, like he sees like himself in Law. So I guess he sees like like oh why so you know Law obviously isn't going to join my group and get, take that Heart seat. But he he doesn't understand. I guess so. Well, yeah, because I, I, I guess with Doflamingo's upbringing, like he. All he knows is like power. Like he feels like he. I mean, even in one of these little flashback scenes, it's like we're we're gonna make you the king of the entire sea. So like for for Doflamingo, he's used to like being on some kind of throne, and like that's the end game. Is like you know why do people do things to I don't know achieve power or whatever? Uh, well, well, like law, right? Like and why then... why is he still clinging to Corazon? He he thinks of it as like oh, does he think he's gonna like take his place? But that's not what. Yeah, that's Maul's obviously doing. not the case. And then because it, like, you know, Del Flamingo's yeah, well, nihilism. If all humans are evil, there there can't be any. There can't be any, you know, personal attachments or anything like that. Right, right. Like he doesn't. Yeah, he he doesn't know about laws. The heart that Corazon gave him. So he's just seeing, trying to see himself in law. Someone who he was like, he was ready to bring him up to be his right hand, pretty much. Because like because of how similar they were. But you know that their their differences confuse him now. So. Yeah, it was a neat little moment. Um, I, I will say now that I'm looking through the because again, like with all the flashbacks being cut up, and you know, some of these are a little like it's not all chronological. Like you did say, there was the one where uh, Treble like gives him the gun and and the uh, the the devil fruit. So I, okay, so like now that I'm like trying to piece together, like okay, which which came first? Um, like if these guys found Doflamingo before he killed his father and like made him, you know, kind of coerced him to go that direction, maybe that that makes a little more sense than like why uh, Corazon would perceive him as just being evil. Like he doesn't have the full picture. Yeah, like I guess the his subordinates gave him the power to do what, like to act on his feelings. Kind of is what I, like because he gave him the like because he you know he he obviously like he would have killed his father if he you know and then he did once he had the means um like he, he decided to take his life into his own hands like because he actually even tr- like they mentioned that he tried to go to mary joe with his father's head but was turned back and nearly killed so it's like you know he escaped so like and that's when they started to see him as like this god um because uh, that's the thing with doflamingo because he's he keeps trying like he his father brought him down to the level of humanity and he wants but but his uh, then his followers saw him as a god like he used conqueror's hockey at age 10 which is a feat only ace has done i'm pretty sure like i think they're the youngest conqueror's hockey users um so like you know they saw him as like the one like there's the, the panel of him like standing on like the rubble and all the his uh, officers bowing to him like he's like i think even when the fighting is going on, like, there's, um, oh, Law stabs him, and he's about to go to his knees, and Treble says, no, don't, a king should never kneel. Like, they just, like, look, to, look up to him so much, and he, he accepts that, and it's kind of interesting how that goes into the final fight, because um, there's a really cool moment um, when Luffy be- beats Doflamingo. I, I do think, you know, now that, it, now, with the way you had phrased it at one point, it kind of makes me think about this a little more, because, um, like you said, his father had, like, stepped down from that higher position godhood yeah. yeah from that godhood and so like doflamingo like his goal was like to get well as a kid anyway before he realized that wasn't gonna work but like he tried to get back to that position and he couldn't so it's like i don't know i think it's an interesting read on like because again i i'm viewing this in a, in a way like like i did with like the fishman island racism thing like how does this 
Like, what kind of message is this sending? And, like, with Doflamingo, like, his his family had stepped down from that spot, and, like, he wanted to get back to that perch, but, like, he can't... There's, like, a, a ceiling there. He can't break through it again. Like, once you step under it, you can't get back on top. Yeah. Which, he, uh, he's just, just a human now. He's he has no a human has no business be, trying to become a god. Like because the, you know, the only way you can become a heavenly dragon is being born, basically. Which is like, and that's you know because like, like I think I mentioned this a while ago, but like why why does Akainu hate Luffy? Not because he toppled like so many of the world government's ins- installations, but because he is the son of dragon. Like that's why that's why Ace needed to die. Not because of anything he did, but because he's the son of Roger. Like it's their blood. Is, it's, which is why they need to be stamped out because that's what the world government values, the blood of the, the ruling families, the heavenly dragons. Um, so yeah. And, and I guess that's also part of why Doflamingo fears the D because obviously Luffy doesn't, like he doesn't really know about it or care but that he's a D. Like he doesn't know shit but uh, everyone, you know, Doflamingo kind of fears it. Um, um, anyway, um, I forget if I had anything else to say. Hopefully I'll remember later. Um, so yeah, uh, Luffy comes back up. He, uh, Law, he, he already had a plan with Law, but the, uh, Doflamingo starts shrinking the birdcage with the intent of killing everyone, pretty much. And, see, Law keeps trying to, like, he, he wants to be the one to beat Doflamingo. Like, he does his, like, his gamma knife and, like, cuts up his organs, but Doflamingo, like, uses his powers to, like, stitch him together. Like, it's just fucking, like, the way, the way the powers are playing off each other. Like, Doflamingo's string is fucking crazy. Um, like the, the, the clone I'm a little eh on, but like most everything else he did with his stuff was fine. Um, but then, um, we get a great moment from Luffy that really illustrates like why it's Luffy who defeats, uh, Doflamingo, um, and not, uh, Law. Like it's actually after the trouble fight, I'm skipping ahead a bit, but like, you know, Law, he's the one trying to pull the trigger that Corazon couldn't fire. He's the one, you know, the shadow of vengeance, you know, lit to, there to take down Doflamingo. But Luffy... Um, before he activates gear four, he says, like, you know, um, you're the one, you know, he's, you know, he, uh, Doflamingo has pissed off his friends and made them cry. So he's, Luffy's got to protect everything, you know, so that, like, Luffy's fighting to protect where Law was fighting to destroy. And that's sort of why Luffy's the one who, um, fights in the end. Yeah, because I guess if, like, if Law fought Doflamingo and defeated him, then in a way, it's kind of like, it's not like a total defeat of Doflamingo, because, like, that mentality of fighting to destroy still wins out in the end but like if it's luffy right. yeah that makes sense yeah i was and gonna also, say i don't like, really it also have a goes problem with the control with... thing because like law isn't free and like if he fights through that way where luffy like luffy chooses to protect his friends because you know like he said in the flashback he doesn't want to be alone that's you know his choice but whereas law he's acting for what he thinks is the will of another he's he's kind of like a slave to what he thinks Corazon wanted to it, wanted of him, and Doflamingo's, you know, he's all about controlling people through anger, like, Law even says that directly, so, but even though he, he doesn't see it in himself, that he's also more or less being controlled, because he doesn't understand Corazon fully, like, like he thought he did, um, so, um, oh yeah, also there's the, did you have any thoughts on the, the brief, very brief, uh, Treble fight, um, with Law versus Treble? No, <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> Law cut him up, and he loses, yeah, well, because it was also Law kind of doing the same thing um, that Do- Doflamingo does, because he's he's he talks about how like Treble's family bonds mean shit. Like, oh, you're you're like, oh, you're the only one who thinks you guys are a real family. Like, 
to me, you're just all uh, Doflamingo's puppets. And then Trouble gets like, oh, no, you fucking didn't. And then uh, Doflamingo even says, like, hey, don't, like, Trouble, calm down. Like, he's, it's, it's like, revert. they're so similar that, like, Doflamingo understands immediately what Law is doing. But Trouble, Trouble just gets, you know, he's, he, you know, he's, he's just being controlled by Law. Because Law, like, Law's got that Doflamingo attribute to him. So, yeah. So, like, it's, like, it, it, Trouble falls exactly to what Law didn't fall to because Luffy fought in his place, basically. Um, I'll, though I will point out there's a bit of an inconsistency, because, like, there, there was a bit of a trick where, like, oh, Trouble isn't actually a Logia type. He's a Paramecia who pretends to be a Logia type. Like, he's actually super skinny. Um, except back when Usopp cut him in half, <laughs> like, there's a panel where Trouble, like, is getting cut in half by Usopp's, like, shuriken leaf thing before he beats the shit out of Usopp, and, like, kind of looks like it's a Logia type. <laughs> I'm just just throwing that out there. So he might have changed his mind over the course of the arc. So not it's not a major thing. It's just there there we've I mentioned them before. There are little inconsistencies here and there. Um so it happens, I suppose. So anyway, Luffy gets law out of there. Um goes back to fight Doflamingo. I really like the art. Like there's one pa- two page in, in particular where like Luffy like kicks and Doflamingo blocks and like Luffy spins around and kicks like two more times and the third one gets him. I don't know, it's just cool. So um what did you think about Gear Fourth, Luffy's uh, new ability? So, I at first I thought I didn't know about this, um, but I uh. guess like I had seen like a some maybe like a shot from the anime or whatever of it, and I like just thought it was Nightmare Luffy or something. Um, oh, so like when yeah, when the transformation happened, I did kind of, I was like, oh, I've seen this before, but like I didn't know that Gear Four was a thing. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it, it's I I like the design. I like the powers. Um, in the past, I've said I didn't care for how like it kind of comes out of nowhere, but now I don't mind as much because like okay, one thing that was kind of I guess unintentionally misleading about how this arc handled Gear Four was like because um, when it runs out, he's unable to use his hockey for ten minutes because he exerted himself so much. But like he even says that he can run around, but he ends up getting carried around by Gyatz, the uh, announcer, which. Uh, like, including me, I had the misconception that, like, Luffy just can't move after he uses it, um, which isn't true. Um, so, like, it just, it, it's just kind of weird that the first instance is it has, like, an exception. Because, like, Luffy, I mean, Luffy does, to, to, to Oda's credit, Luffy does say, like, I can still run around. But it's, like, by ca- being carried around by Gats, he allows himself to recover stamina as well, I suppose, is what, you know, happened there. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, it, it's fine. I just, like... I, it just, I, I, he explains it in an SBS like later, um, like after this trip. Like it's, it's a while, but uh, yeah, just uh, pointing it out. I do think the abilities are cool. Like I like how he like he he like folds his rubber into itself to make like a cannon kind of, and it's just cool. And of course, it's like I think one of the best pages is like he like drop kicks Doflamingo, and then he's just like bouncing. Like he can't stand on the ground because he's too bouncy. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, and there's also a moment where Doflamingo kicks him, but it's, he's still bouncy, so it's like, it restores his Devil Fruit, uh, resilience, which is cool. Um, Gear 4th is cool, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because Doflamingo's like, what? He's using hockey, but he's still rubber. Right, right, so he's like hard, but also rubbery, so, you know, he's, 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 you know, making, he's making, you know, his abilities his own through, you know, um, continued, uh, like, practice and use, um. Oh, um, okay, also, here's another thing, because Doflamingo uses what's called Dove Fruit Awakening, 
and we've seen we we this is the second time we've heard of it because Crocodile mentioned it back on Ample Down with the the demon guards. He said that they they'll 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 be back uh, up soon. They're awakened they're fruit users, uh, whatever that meant. Uh, and now we're seeing like a different aspect to it where Dolphamingo's like he's able to turn the surroundings into string through his power. Um, so um, and what one thing I wanted to point out about that was like there's one part in particular where he like gets down on one knee and like puts his hand on the ground to do it and that pose looks really familiar because that's what crocodile did when he turned all the surroundings to sand um so i wonder if it's like there's like a retcon a bit of a retcon because like crocodile's powers seem a bit different because it's like with his powers it's less like he's turning the area into sand and more that he's dehydrating it and that that as a result turns it to sand. So I don't know if he's going to like say that that was awakening, like double, like he he just you know he trained himself to do that because like he doesn't turn Luffy to sand, he just dehydrated them. So I know, just a weird connection. Um, I don't know. Awakening still hasn't been uh, fleshed out. So huh, I don't know. Yeah, I know another yeah, I just... another complaint in the best guy ever video was like, oh, Dofi too strong. But like I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, that was I was yeah, kind of okay. His points with... were weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, and, well, because like the weird points, because he he points out his design, you know, his first appearance on Skype, and he's like, "Look, he's skinny. Does this like look like a strong character to you?" And I'm like, "Uh, Luffy's small. Does this look like a strong character to you?" Like, what the first like made Luffy's first like, major fight, he was this tiny dude fighting a big old dude with an axe, and Luffy's like way stronger. So it's like, I don't know, appearance isn't really a a point to use for a character's strength. I don't think like look yeah. at the Tantas. They're like these tiny dwarf people. And everyone comments like, "Whoa, you guys are really strong." Um, so it's like, yeah, it was, it was that was kind of a weird point, and I, I, I've never understood that one. I feel like the, um, I, like I feel like I could, because um, I mean, like maybe Doflamingo could have used more of like the puppeteering specific characters. Like I know, I know, um, like oh, what if what if he had puppeteered like earlier? He did like a thing with Sanji, so it's like oh, what if he puppeteered a straw hat? But like he, um, like if he yeah, had made us two straw hats fight each other, much. but he did use it with Bellamy. And like there was a meaningful yes. fight out of that. Um, I mean, it didn't last all that long, yeah. but it happened. So I mean, I don't know. That was kind of fine for me. I guess the only Good moment part. that I thought was maybe a little uh, was like Luffy just kind of bursting out of his control. Yes, that's what I figured we were gonna come to. <laughs> um, so like my thing about that is because like as is the thing with a lot of like quote unquote plot holes that the author could explain but didn't because like I've heard we I've talked about it before in my server and like there's a few way, ways it could like uh okay so some observations uh Jozu didn't necessarily know about Doflamingo's abilities whereas in Dressrosa he'd been using them constantly um he was way more tired like so maybe his strings weren't as strong like he had the birdcage going it was controlling people it was shrinking he'd been fighting for hours like both of them were tired so that that you know like Luffy somehow was able to like i don't know how he was able to move his arm to do activate gear forth in the first place like i think the anime added a bit with him actually like moving his arm to his mouth like slowly like fighting literally like fighting against con control because uh Doflamingo used the same ability against like you know one of whitebeard's top commanders you know so like it's like so there's like ways that the author could have explained why but he didn't like he he so and that's the weird part really like because that's the thing is like the author could like can make up any explanation he wants and, you know, anyone who isn't going to be satisfied isn't going to be satisfied either way, you know, like, so it doesn't bother me that much, but I, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I don't even think there's been an SBS thing of him explaining it. Um, so like, it, it, yeah, it, again, it's weird. Cause like, 
there's reasonings, but they're all like fan thing, and he it, Oda hasn't said anything himself. So it's it's just a really weird moment. Um, yeah, I mean, but, uh, it's maybe it feels like a little more out of place in One Piece, where that I mean, like I don't know. I guess One Piece does have its moments where characters just kind of like power through things on their willpower. Um, so I don't know. I don't have. I'm not like super hung up about it because again, like with Bleach, like I guess one of the people people. Or one of the points people would complain about with Bleach is like, oh, look at this ass pull power up. Um, but like, I don't yeah. know, Bleach always had kind of like that sort of thing going for it, and I just never really cared. Like, I thought it was fine. Yeah, that's like that's kind of my thing. Is like I don't like care about the little shit. Like my issue with like like I think Pedantic Romantic had a great video on plot holes because uh, Sword Online the Gun Gale one. It, like it starts off with the main character getting like a, like thirty games uh, because they all have this like randomized character. Uh, building mechanic and you know if you apply any amount of reality to it it's dumb but it's her argument was like it doesn't actually impact the show any like in fact it maybe it adds to the show and that was also kind of what i talked about in my anime is unrealistic video where it's like things like if you're you know i mean this is more of like in the realm of the story like the rules of the story but like i guess the sentiment is the same where it's like yeah it's kind of a plot hole but does it affect the meaning like maybe um but like you know like there's a lot of things to take out of the conflict without you know and it's it's a weird moment and because people like overvalue like fights and power scaling and stuff um so yeah it's yeah it's 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 a really weird moment i don't quite understand why it happened like uh but like because you know he could have just had doflamingo not trap luffy um with his that power so yeah like there isn't particular meaning in it, it like in luffy like i don't know but it, uh, that i could think of at the, off the top of my head at least so yeah it, it's just weird it's just weird is what i'm trying to say um so anyway um luffy beat the shit out of doflamingo with the gear four a bit uh it doesn't work um well because doflamingo is t- too fucking strong and uh, this part i thought was really cool uh because it's kind of continuing um Luffy's character arc from Fishman Island. So what happened during Fishman Island is Luffy said, I will protect everything, but ultimately in order to protect everything, he needed Shirahoshi, you know, to help. And we, she helped, uh, kept Noah from being destroyed. Here we have Luffy sort of like, you know, he was unable to beat Doflamingo on his own power. So, but he, he like, he puts, you know, his hand, you know, he, like sort of like he lets uh, Gyatz and everyone, the Coliseum fighters like fight in his place while he rests. Like, He's relying on other people, like, he barely knows to, um, you know, so, like, he'll be able to beat Doflamingo, but only with all this other support. So it's like, you know, Luffy, the one who, you know, says he will protect everything, is letting other people endanger themselves so that he could save everyone, so to speak. So that was, I, I was like, whoa. And so, like, as a result, like, I think part of that, like, there's, like, the part where everyone's, like, trying to push against the birdcage, like, you have, uh... Bartolomeo's doing his barrier. You have Frankie and the the Tantas pushing the for, the the factory. Zoro and Fuji, like everyone's just fighting. Like Manchuri's crying and healing everyone. And I got like a little watery eyed, like ev- just because of everyone fighting, trying to like standing against Doflamingo. And I thought it was good. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, I I just thought it was good. Um, uh, there's also one panel I really like where uh after Doflamingo is fighting the Coliseum fighters. And, like, there's just, like, a bunch of, like, bodies on the ground. And he's got his awakened strings, like, impaled dudes hanging off of him. And then Doflamingo's just there in the middle of the destruction. It's just, like, a fire, the smoke in the air. Like, it's just, oh, it's a really good panel. <laughs> um, did you have any thoughts about that little that little runaround sequence? Uh, or I don't think so. 
Okay. Um, there, there's another moment that takes place during there. Okay, let's talk about Rebecca. <laughs> so, because earlier we had Rebecca, you know, she, with Kairos, Kairos said, you don't need to fight anymore. You know, the parent is protecting the child. But after that, you know, Kairos goes to deal with the strings, but Rebecca says, like, the strings are, you know, unstop. you know, she, she thinks, like, um, what does she think? You know, if the birdcage is really immovable, then everyone's suffering, you know, like, everyone's going to get hurt. So she goes to try and stop Doflamingo on her own, and as a result, like, she's putting herself in danger after, you know, like, her father already said, well, because, like, even when everyone's splitting up, like, I notice that there's, like, a divide between, because, like, I guess Otis kind of d- does that, where he divides, like, the warriors... And the, the people, like, with uh, Fishman Island, there was Neptune. Like, he didn't help with Otohime because he's a warrior. He had blood on his hands. And Otohime, she was pure, so she was, you know, she she fought for, you know, everyone to, you know, get, get along with humans. And then in Dressrosa, you have, like, there's the protectors who go out. Like, they even, like, get, like, um, able-bodied men, just random dudes, to go and stop the, the barrier while everyone else who isn't sort of goes to the center where it's safe. So, um... And so here you have Rebecca, like, because the thing with Kairos is, like, he tries to hide his weakness. Like, there's a moment after it all ends where he, like, goes behind a rock to cry in relief about how Dressrosa is finally safe. But, um, Rebecca, because, so here's why I think it's funny that people, or not funny, but, like, where I don't agree with people making it out to be a gender issue. Because the character, like, Rebecca is obviously, like, supposed to be, like, a, you know, antithesis to Vivi. But, like, the actions or characters' takes are honestly, like, the ones I found most similar were to kind of, were to Luffy, uh, during the war specifically. Because, like, like, right after, Ky- like, Kairos fought Diamante, he got fucked up by this, the, the metal stars, and, you know, she thinks, like, oh, Doflamingo's too strong. You know, she's not, she's still not able to rely on her parent to protect her, because, especially because he just got so hurt fighting Diamante. Like, so she's doing what Ace is, Ace, what Luffy did with Ace, like, so where, like, both the children saw their parent, saw their guardian figures as, like, weak, and were trying to put themselves, like, above them, you know, which, you know, the child putting themselves in front of the parent. So Rebecca goes out to fight Di- Doflamingo, um, where... You know, and just like Luffy tried to save Ace. So that's kind of what, like, <laughs> which is, that's, I guess, why I think it's kind of funny that, like, because, like, where, where's the, I guess I don't see the sexism thing with Rebecca, especially when she's so similar to Luffy. And, like, the key difference between the two that I noticed is that, like, Luffy, like, because that's the thing, is Rebecca, I, I'd almost call her more selfish than Luffy, because her ultimate goal is she wants to live in peace with Kairos. Um, she just wants to live with her dad, and that we kind of see more of that at the end. Whereas, like, but she also has her promise to her mother, you know, she'd, so, where she won't, you know, she, so, you know, she doesn't want to cause harm. And so, um, but whereas, so she's kind of, so, and in order, like, she, she's not willing to sacrifice one for the other. Like, she, she, or she's not able to. Like, she kind of tries, but also isn't able, like, she was, she met Diamante and then she was, next time we see her, she's running away in fear. Like, she's not able to, like, she hits him, but during the Coliseum, but doesn't amount to anything. Like, yeah, so, like, she's that character, you know, she was the daughter of a warrior and a princess. So yeah, but like, whereas Luffy, he's able to sacrifice, like he sacrifices arms against Magellan. He sacrifices his lifespan to try and save Ace. So I wonder if that's part, part of like why Rebecca is disliked, where it's like, she has all these desires and she, but she's not willing to sacrifice herself for them, but she also kind of ends up with like everything in the end because, you know, like, you know, as, you know, we, she tries to fight, the miracle happens, you know, um, even though she doesn't, like, I guess people, she didn't, like, she didn't really get a fight, you know, she doesn't really, I don't know, I'm trying, I'm just trying to wrap my head around why people don't like Rebecca, like, I kind of get it, 
but there's more to it too. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I don't know. I wouldn't even say that she's really like a super interesting character. Like, I don't know. I'm eh on her. I don't really have much of a stance. Yeah. Well, like, I guess another aspect to her character that I, I need to like fully like break or break down in my head. Cause I haven't, cause like there's a moment earlier where Pika's going towards the Royal Plateau. Cause I forgot to mention it earlier and King Riku or, or yeah, Pika's going to the Plateau and Riku's there. And he says, Something that's pretty interesting, where he says that, like, um, because about his whole pacifism thing, you know, um, he says that, like, like, um, it kind of fucked over the country. Like, they they were completely unable to do anything against Doflamingo because of that pacifism. Um, he's hated, he was hated by the, the townsfolk for years. And then, um, you know, and when Pico was coming, he basically said, he, he said, um, you know, that's what, in his eyes, that's what it means to be human, is to, you know, be able to, like, because he's, you know, he's willing to, he's willing to hold on to his, like, beliefs to the point of, di- to, to die, to the point of being willing to die for them. So I kind of compare that to Sanji, where, like, Sanji will not hit a woman even if he dies. So it's, like, what I feel like the, like, the author is saying, more or less, like, he's not, like, he does re- ultimately reward these beliefs, but at the same time, he's showing that, like, only like he's I guess or maybe you could say that he's rewarding the will to like die for your beliefs by not killing off the kid like Sanji's not dead uh the Riku family is all kind of okay but um that's also kind of important in contrast with Doflamingo because they have different ideas of what it means to be human whereas Doflamingo believes that you know everyone wants blood the Riku family you know chooses to that you know their decision to like live and die by their pacifism pacifistic beliefs is more like that's what it means to be human um and so like i guess rebecca kind of factors that into that a bit like i'm trying i still haven't figured out fully why but um it's just it's just sort of a connection i'm making so i don't know it's like i don't i'm not sure if like rebecca's interesting or if the reaction to her is what i want to deal with too so um but anyway um i think all that's left is the finale yeah that because that was pretty much it doflamingo like again he's you know he he made his strings feel like they were you know unstoppable so rebecca came to fight him and then he controlled the two into fighting each other and luffy comes in lucy the hero um that was hype lucy luffy's always good though um did you have any thoughts on the finale of the fight with uh, Luffy's final blow against Doflamingo? Uh, I did like how, like, when Doflamingo was defeated for real, uh, like, his glasses fell off and broke. <laughs> so it's like, yep, you know he's you know he's done. <laughs> right, Oda's been... Well, we kind of saw one of his eyes when he, like, because he, he fell asleep reading the book in the flashback, and then you see one of his eyes shoot open as he's, like, because he has the nightmare of his flashback of his history, um, which might have been him, because he was reading a book on Flevance on Whitetown, so I wonder if he was connecting that to his history and like and huh i'd never thought about that um because that did yeah i think that was before he said that he was going to make law his right hand man so maybe but anyway um i also really like how the fight ends up because like luffy's above doflamingo and doflamingo's like oh you want to fight me in the air and he's like he talks about how um like you know i'm a god like he even uses attack called 16 bullets god thread and um like he's trying to say about how he's a, he's um, you were born to be he- human refu- refuse and helpless puppets. I'm not like you humans, and this is great because so Doflamingo he's he wants to achieve godhood. He's trying to go up, and so like he's literally like trying to go up to fight Luffy. And but in 
like wanting to be a god like what he kind of end up, ends up doing is making him like th- like you could say like symbolically or thematically whatever way you want to put it he's making himself vulnerable to the d the one who defeats the gods so like it's he can't so he has to like prop himself as a god and go above uh to to because that's like his whole like goal his whole dream but in doing that he makes himself vulnerable to the god the god the enemy of god that is luffy the d and he gets knocked all the way back down um specifically to the underworld that he like like because he gets knocked down to his port um the port uh, that he, that was all of Dressrosa's connections to the to the underworld as Joker. So it's like, uh, uh, it's just really great how the environment of the the island played into that um, with uh, Doflamingo's defeat. I thought it was really fucking cool. Um, and then uh, Giatz announces uh, Lucy's victory over Doflamingo, and everything's cool. So any final thoughts on the climax of Dressrosa? Or I'm guessing no, but I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> Did you say no and I didn't hear you? No, it's more of the stuff that comes after that's interesting. That's what I kind of figured. Because <laughs> we get all that, that arc, that in-between in arc world building. And like, well, right after we get a little uh, conversation between Savo and Jesus Burgess, because I, I glossed over it, but like when Luffy passed out, Burgess came down um, and Sabo came to his rescue and they fought for a bit, and specifically, Burgess, uh, he points out, like, Ace's words before, he, like, don't tell my brother, like, he didn't want Luffy to worry, and also, um, <sighs> Jesus Burgess says, he had no idea as to the value of his life, like, <sighs> which is rough, because Ace, <laughs> he didn't have any value in his life, uh, but it did kind of end up being important in the whole grand scheme of both the story and the setting, so, like, I don't know, it's, it's a little rough. <laughs> so yeah, then we get Get a, get a get get an interesting moment where you know um, Riku you know he ev- everyone wants him to be king again you know they they're fine with having like they've seen you know death so they're fine with living uh, pe- poor but in peace over in wealth and war you know with the threat of war so and then Fujitora comes in <laughs> and he's like um, on live video being broadcast to several I- I- islands he says. Um, the world government is responsible for letting a pirate reign free and destroy this island. Uh, I apologize on behalf of the world government. <laughs> and like, oh shit. Yeah, that was a really good moment. That was that was. Oh man, that was nice. Yeah, it it, it kind of puts all like because well, like they even like suggest that he was doing he was like planning for it more or less because you know he wants he doesn't like the warlord system so he specifically you know, goes about the situation in a way that reveals the government's failings, like, that, which is, you know, kind of, like, how I think his whole thing was, you know, like, follow the rules of the government to show how fucked up it is, and here he is doing, you know, going a bit outside of that to, to show how uh, fucked up the government is, um, and, like, right after that, you get, uh, you see, uh, Sakazuki, our, our, our Mr. Fleet Admiral, um, talking to, talking to the, the elders, you know, he's kind of pissed off that, because he, you know, he hates pirates, and he's like, how the fuck does Doflamingo get away with this shit? Like, he, he's almost agreeing with Fujitora in a way, but, <laughs> you know, the elders are more con- concerned about, uh, you know, how the, their, how they look, you know, how the, how their, the public opinion and stuff, and then, oh, guys, uh, there's some news coming in from Dressrosa. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, we see a bunch of those supernovas hanging around, reacting. I, re- I really... Oh, li- apparently... Or, oh, go on. I was going to say, I really liked in the, the interaction between Riku and um, Fujitora. When, I liked the line where he says, 
How could a man who lets pirates run wild on innocent folks turn his blade on a warlord of the sea and then act as though he dispenses justice? Because, like... Oh, yeah, Frigitore, yeah. So, like, it, it, it his actions do end up making more sense in the end, um, because, like... like yeah, at, I remember at, you saying you were frustrated with him last time. Yeah, because at, <laughs> so, at first, like, it gone. all kind of points... Like, it seems like he's letting Doflamingo do whatever, but then, you know, like, he did that to, I guess, set up Luffy to be the one... like. He let the pirates settle the matter between pirates and kind of gave them the the benefit of the doubt here. I mean, like he said like that was his the gamble he took. Um so basically he he let he let things play out that way so that he could frame the world government as, you know, he was able to expose In- that flaw of the world government and, you know, the flaws of the warlord system and like, you know, just because this pirate is a like that was, I guess the the callback to Alabasta, um, with uh, Doflamingo being a warlord of the sea, just like Crocodile was a warlord of the sea. The government couldn't really, like, they didn't yes. have the authority to do anything, so they kind of just had, like, in that case, they just kind of sat back and let things happen, which is like not what most people would call justice. I don't, I mean, justice is is a, a vague concept, but yeah. Well, even in One Piece, like, every character has their own idea of it, so... Um, so, yeah, so for yeah. Fujitora, he's basically... Like, I, I like it because, like, oh, the government will take responsibility for, um, you know... Like, if he had gone in and taken action, then it would have looked like, oh, a pirate... Again, like, it would have perpetuated the narrative of, like, oh, a pirate did a bad thing, and the government stepped in and they squashed those filthy pirates for doing all their nefarious yeah. deeds, but that... It wasn't... Like, it would have erased the nuance of the situation and it would have just made the government look good and it would have hid the flaws of the government and so yeah it was cool right. that he and well that's and that's kind of what like that's why Doflamingo is perfect for it because like he as like a character is like the government hiding their flaws like he was a heavenly dragon who knows this big secret and now he's a warlord because they couldn't deal with him so like you know, they're they're hiding their mistakes basically, like he because he he could uh, reveal this big secret and overturn the world if if he felt like it. But they have to hide everything, so they gave him power, and that's what Akainu was pissed about when he was talking to the elders. Like, why why is this Dol Dolphin fuck able to like you know pl- pull strings yeah, yeah, with that, the government? That, that's what I, that's you know? what I liked about Dolphin. See. That is a good thing about Doflamingo is like with him being the puppeteer and having all these connections, like him being defeated is still a big deal. And that's why I like, I don't really have much of a problem with Doflamingo being physically strong as well, because like, I, I don't know, it's just like a manifestation of all the power he has over the world. Cause like, even at the end, um, when he's getting kind of taken away and he has that conversation with Sudo and he's like, you know, I, yes. I was the one, like, not only was I sort of, not only did I have, like, he held so much in place, like, the government, like, despite the fact that he was, like, the government kind of had to let him do whatever, uh, because, like, he was holding a lot of the, he said, like, he's holding back the monsters, like, not only was he pulling the strings, but he was also, like, holding the reins, and so, when they- Yes, like, well, because, like, we see that he's got, like, there's countries that they don't, can't get weapons anymore, they have to surrender, you know, there's, a bunch of people are pissed, and they, so, like, He's, like, controlling all these little conflicts through the world to keep... Like, because Law even said on Punk Hazard that the world's been kind of, like, holding its breath for, like, two years. And now we can kind of see, like, Doflamingo is a big part of that because he was keeping these conflicts, like, you know, stable, basically. And now 
Law broke the gears by cut it, destroying the the sad fa- on C- you know on Punk Hazard, which led to Dress Rosa and Doflamingo's defeat. And oh yeah, so go on. Um, <laughs> or if you had more so, to yeah, say I guess, like, before I interrupt, Doflamingo was as, as I guess that's just like the flaws of the system in place in One Piece is that uh, like the government they want to be the top power, and so like they'll do whatever it takes, even if that means that a guy like Doflamingo gets to run free and, you know, oppress this kingdom just because, like, he has all these connections and he's doing things. Because now, I guess, the the conflict is, oh, who's going to take control? Because, like, now the emperors are going to be doing stuff and you've got the worst generation acting up and the government's still here and the revolutionaries are moving around. The revolutionary, yes. So... That's such a cool page where you just see everyone in silhouette. Yes, it's it's good. So now... <laughs> Including Luffy with, like, his... Do- he's got, still got a doofy smile on, but somehow he looks, like, sinister, and it's weirdly, like... <laughs> it doesn't work, but it's that's why it works, too. It's so dumb. <laughs> he's just such a goof. But yeah, um, it, it is another interesting look in, like, the, the, the politics going around in the world of One Piece and, you know, how all these different things are connected and, like how stuff like this is allowed to to just kind of persist and again that's why i feel like it's it yeah it draws a really cool sort of connection to like the fishman island stuff because again like it's another flaw of the government thing and doflamingo's background kind of goes into in a way it's kind of like the opposite sort of i don't know if i'd call it racism because again like his is more about like the whole of humanity like how people i guess less of like a race a race thing and more of like um because uh, I don't know, you could draw it as like a connection to like uh, people in poverty versus like pe- billionaires or whatever, and like that's the class, more of like a class thing as opposed to race. Yeah, the, uh, the, that's yeah, what I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, that, that that's true. That yeah, that 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 makes more sense. That you put it like that, because it is a there like I guess sectarian would a way to like you know there's different se- sex. It's so so sport you know, so to speak the the poor and the rich the you know, the humans and the fishmen, so to speak. So it is kind of like that in that way. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying I now. forget how it, it took a while, but I see it described before. Because um, there was like the, the what was there? Like, uh, it was in the last stretch of chapters. Let me see if I still have that panel that phrased it. It was like the the happy winners and the rebellious losers oh, or whatever. Yes. Right, right. The the where the lo- the rebellious losers are, they are unwanted garbage. Like Luffy's talked about how it reminded him of Goa Kingdom, and on Dressrosa they were turned into toys. Yeah, there's the, and... the world of the light of the winners. Uh, yeah, Doflamingo separates everyone into the obedient winners and the yeah. rebellious oh, losers. And you can apply that to Fishman Island, like in two ways. One, Fishman Island itself is in the dark of the world. Like they're technically a world government allied like nation, but they have to rely on pirates to defend them like their their work they're allied with, allied with big mom now they were allied with whitebeard before and then there's even within fishman island itself there's the light uh and then there's the fishman district the dark uh so yeah um that that makes sense uh but yeah it's it's good stuff it's good stuff like seeing the big picture um i guess just to kind of wrap up my while we're on this topic to kind of like wrap up my thoughts on doflamingo why i'm still kind of conflicted um I guess in a similar but different light to what you had kind of said earlier about like, um, oh, like how Gear 4 Luffy was able to break out of the, the strings. And like, it's like, all you have to do is really just like give a reason for it. But Oda didn't really do that for like Doflamingo's sort of more ambiguous background uh, or morally, morally ambiguous background. Um, it's like he could have just like, I don't know. I feel like there should have been more to just like, lean in the direction like it's open to interpretation i guess maybe that was the intention so like you could read into it and see these different things of like you know what's trying to be said here yeah 
but there's like, no like, like clear cut answer which i don't know maybe that's the point yeah maybe well because like i mean i'm probably going to be doing a video on this arc specifically talking about uh doflamingo the doflamingo family and the law and the rikus i don't know see i don't know exactly how i'm gonna get because it could be like really long i don't know because there's a lot to talk about but um and I'm not, well because like i guess how i've been reading it so far is like with all the connections and parallels, like especially between Law and Doflamingo, because they're supposed to be like very similar to each other. So mm-hmm. like like I talked about how like Rosinante earlier, you know, I mentioned how he says Doflamingo is born evil, and yet he tries to help Law and give him a give him a heart, you know. So like yeah, so I don't know, maybe like maybe that's just like how I'm handling. It. I don't um I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um like you know if you have any gripes, I'd be willing to hear them and you know account for them. Maybe I'll let you look at the script. <laughs> when i actually write it i don't know it'll be a while because it's gonna like it's like because post time time skip in general is pretty divisive and this one is interesting because like with fishman island you are on fucking board yeah, for that yeah like fishman island like, supposedly the work arc, worst arc in one piece and i'm like yo this was pretty pretty solid like i i'm not sure if i like fishman island more than Dress Rosa, even like I don't know. I felt like I said, Dress Rosa was the first arc that like kind of disappointed me. Not even that I think it's a bad yeah, arc see, overall, like, but like, like it, I had higher expectations see, well, by this okay. point, I guess. Gotcha. Well, yeah, because like this whole t- like you've been re- like relatively quiet this whole time, and I've been like, oh no, Mathus hates it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because like even so, okay. like I don't even think it's the worst arc in One Piece. Like if I look back, I guess like because well, this is my first time going through it, so like first impressions. Uh, versus like what I think now um like maybe if I looked back and said I don't know maybe like Usopp's introductory arc wasn't super great like looking like it's it's good and like at the time I I liked it because I didn't really know what to expect from One Piece but now after like so many great arcs I have more of I guess like a higher standard of what I want to see and Dress Rosa met that in some regards but not quite in all of them so yeah. maybe that's because that's kind of like how I used to feel about it. Like before rereading it and coming to like making all all these connections and stuff, um, some of which I I might have even forgotten. Like I, I there's just so much to the arc. Like it's kind of hard to keep it all in my brain and say everything I want to. But like because with me, like like that's what I've always said about Dress Rosa. Like it's good, but it's not like good. Like it's not as good as the, all the other long arcs in the series. Like it's not good enough to be like to justify 100 chapters. Yeah. Now I kind of disagree because, like, yeah, it has some slower spots. Like, so does Enya's lobby, like the Rocket Man stuff on the way to, like, that was kind of eh. In the same way that, like, the you know the 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 slow point the, between the you know reaching the palace and the toys being re- released was kind of like eh, you know. And then some of the fight, the fight, like I guess yeah, there's less good fights like co- like compared to like Enya's lobby. But even then, like the Luffy versus Doflamingo is pretty good, pretty damn good. You know, I I got a lot of, out of it, and some of the other smaller ones I got some stuff out of too. But like. So like I do, you know, it, it's like so I, I like honestly part part of the reason I I definitely don't rate it higher is because like, you know, again it lacks the emotional connection for me. Like there's a couple of moments that you know got me a little watery eyed, but nothing that made me like outright cry. Like even though it's got like the law flashback and singer pink and well I I did so- somehow start like getting a little watery eyed during like the birdcage stuff and that was unexpected, but it was cool. <laughs> so like yeah, it's like. I, you know, I think, you know, coming back around to it, I think, like, it's a good, it's a, it's a really good arc. Like, it's probably around my top five. I don't, honestly don't know how to rate it. Like, maybe a little, eh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really good. But One Piece just has so many other good arcs that I'm not sure exactly how Dress Rosa rates. So, I think it's maybe, getting harder and harder. <laughs> maybe another potential problem, like, be- because, again, like, One Piece isn't over. 
so like maybe this isn't even yeah, like the well, like, end of this mm-hmm. idea. Like maybe Oda will do more because like obviously the celestial or the heavenly dragons or whatever are still around. Um, and you yeah. know like even with like the the racism of, Fa- of Fishman Island, it didn't quite seem like that was the end because like it still kind of persists yeah. through different systems or whatever. So. And you even said that you came to like like well because you you can kind of appreciate it a bit more like seeing like literally the last chapter we read where you saw how Doflamingo fit into the world at large you know so it's like when the picture was made bigger you're like oh okay and like I think especially reading weekly like re- Dress Rosa like with all the all these side characters like Orlumbus and Cavendish and Idio like you don't know anything like why why are we focusing on this character now but you know if you re- reread the arc oh there's why because they're all part of the Luffy Alliance. But even then, with the Luffy Alliance, like what 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 narration do we get at the end? Like, oh, the Luffy Alliance is going to become the center of a massive incident later. But that's a story for another yeah. time. <laughs> so it's like there's this other big thing that we don't have the context. Like maybe during that incident, we'll get like we'll see a lot more of these characters and become more invested in them, and that will retroactively make us you know make you know Dress Rosa more you know have more to appreciate uh, you know. Yeah. About. So, so like part of my like, part of my thoughts or maybe even like complaints is that like. The this arc in particular may not have given me everything I was looking for, but then again, maybe there's there's more to come. Because um, if right, I had just always that sort, sort of, of yeah. I guess, because like the 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 racism stuff was kind of set up in Sabodi, and like obviously it wasn't the end there. Like there was more to come, or even in like Arlong, there was even like tiny little hints towards it. So like there there are. There are potentially other arcs that might look into this a little more, so I'll kind of like reserve total judgment for. Right, like that's yeah. The, the, it, One Piece is one massive story, and you're getting to the point where it's like you're almost caught up. So it's like, like I personally like again rereading it. Like part of it's yeah, I'm rereading it. I'm appreciating it more, you know, from that because now I have more perspective on the story in general. And so like, like because yeah, I, I wasn't as uh, keen on this arc in the past. You know, it's still not one of my, like, absolute favorites, but it's, you know, I, I like it. But, um, you know, and yeah, th- but it is part of an ongoing story still, and you're getting close to the part part where it's, you know, uh, you're going to be with us. <laughs> we're, we're, you're, you're weekly uh, suffering. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yay. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, so... You know, we'll, 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 I'm, I know for a fact I'm going to, like, I'm, 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 I might not reread it again until it ends for, in a few years, but I will. I know I will. Um, so, and, you know, then I'll have the most perspective possible. So, I think another potential um, concern is that Oda has a tendency to bring back certain characters, because as we see later on in, uh, in these little Fallout chapters, uh, a, a guy, the guy, he's back. Rob Lucci, he returns. <laughs> so it, the character arc for Doflamingo might not even be complete yet. Like he's going to to impel yeah, down, well, but as we've seen before, like the just because a character is defeated, uh, that do, even if they end up in prison, that does not mean the they're out of the story. Yeah. So you right. never know. You never know. Yeah, yeah, and that would be definitely interesting if Doflamingo came back. Um, but I have no idea how. And anyway, we should move on because uh, we're not quite done. There's still a few more things to go over. Um, like for example, we get a get a bit of a Savo flashback where it turns out that uh, he was unable to go. Like he didn't show up at the war because he did. He had amnesia, which is a little eh, yeah. But like yeah, um, amnesia you know, is always a weird like, kind of plot element. It's like yeah. oh okay. Well, I think 
because I thought about this recently, but it's like, because it's definitely like, well, like whenever it's brought up in fiction, it's well beyond like the thing of realism. And it's also something that's totally in the author's control. Like they control, because like the way it works in fiction doesn't always make sense. Like, you know, and it, and it's always comes, it tends to come across as contrived because the author like is deliberately doing these things, you know, or convenient which are, you know, buzzwords I'm not a fan of personally. So it's I like, think it all, like, yeah, I under, but I, but I also understand like why people are dissatisfied with it in general. I do think it also, and, yeah. like, it also doesn't help that there are so many stories where if a character loses their memory, they're just kind of blank slates. And it, I don't know, the most recent example I can think of is something like Gridman, where the main character didn't, okay. at least in my, in my opinion, uh, didn't really like, he didn't have much of a personality because his memory was lost. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Like Gridman's not even the only example, um, and maybe it's not even the best example. But there are plenty of stories that will have a character like that, and then you know them regaining their memory is like a big paradigm shift, and it's like, oh, now they're a totally different character. Uh, but obviously, this is it exists in like a flashback, and we already had seen him after he got his memory back. So I think it's it's right. definitely it, not the it worst. It doesn't affect it could the story. Be. It's just kind of a way to sort of like have it so sabo. Like, explain why he wasn't there before. Like, why didn't he never reach out to Luffy or Ace before Ace died? And now, oh, because he literally didn't remember them. So it's kind of, you know, it kind of keeps him... And, like, because, like, like, if he uh, if he did have his memory and chose not to, like, go after Luffy and Ace, it would have been kind of, kind of fucked. Like, to, to bring a comparison uh, for Bleach, uh, Ishin, uh, Ichigo's dad, he knew about all the Soul Society shit... Like, well, but he never told Ichigo anything, and people kind of, like, look down on Like, he even says in the story he's a shit dad, and, you know, he's, you know, he, um, he is kind of disliked by the community for it. So here you have Oda kind of avoiding that with Sabo, more or less, where he's like, oh, he, you know, he, he couldn't do anything because he didn't know better, basically. And, but yeah, like, it's, it is, you know, often, like, how it's pre- presented in media, like, Amnesia is, like, beyond reality, and, like, the author gets to decide everything. So, yeah, I guess people are just frustrated, generally frustrated with, like, the convenience slash contrivance of it. So, yeah, I guess that like, was yeah, kind of what I was like, trying to yeah. get at was just like yeah. the stigma surrounding because again, it's something like that, and maybe even mind control. It's something that the author can kind of like do, do whatever yeah, they can yes. implement it as they wish. And there's I don't know sometimes like and because there are there can be bad examples of it, it might be easy to just kind of latch the Th- yeah right. kind of throw right. it all together as a whole like. Because, yeah, it's my belief where, like, the trope itself is never bad. It's always in how it's used, you know? So, like, and with amnesia, like, how it's used here isn't of particular note. Like, it's not either really bad or good. It's just, like, it's there to explain why this didn't happen more. It's him doing the explanation thing that he never did for, like, certain, like, with the the strings. (laughs) Because, yeah, the author has complete control over their work, you know? And so, yeah, but, um... See, so yeah, I don't mind it. It's just little. It's just eh. Like, and that's a th- the funny thing about One Piece and the reactions to it, where it's like, I think people like really do respect Oda highly. Like, um, one for example, like, um, Oda's kind of done. Like, he did this earlier with uh, like, um, when Doflamingo thought Law was dead, and he's like, oh, Luffy's gonna come here and come up here and see your dead body. He kind of did a Kishimoto fake out, right? <laughs> so, but like, I think. But that's, like, a, just a really common Shonen Jump thing, because by having these really crazy chapter-ending cliffhangers, they increase their chances of doing well in the popularity poll, or the popularity, like, the, the submission ratings, which we as the audience never see, but it's, like, it's also determines the life or, part of the life or death of the series. So, like, and, you know, Oda always try to, tries to end his chapters on some kind of, like, boom moment, you know? Um, but, like, 
I've I've noticed instances in the fan base where it's like he's just doing this thing that's honestly kind of normal by jump standards, and yeah, understandably, it's like kind of dissatisfying. Uh, but like I don't know, I feel like people maybe it's just my perspective as a One Piece fan who like I I don't interact with a lot of fan bases in general, but I guess I am slightly closer to the One Piece fan fandom. But they're just like I don't know, like he's just doing something that's normal, but it's looked down upon more maybe because they expect more of Oda. I don't know, um, I'm not sure, but um. We're talking about fan base now, and neither of us have much perspective on that. So, but anyway, like it's fine, whatever. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Sabo, Sabo leaves. Um, I like there's a moment where he's like, "Oh, take care of Luffy. He's a handful." And Zoro like laughs, like, "Oh, you sound like Ace." <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've never noticed this, cause like Frankie's fucking crying, but he also has his like face exposed because he's like doing repairs. So his face is, the, the robotic part of his face is, like, smoking. He's short-circuiting himself because of his emotions. <laughs> Frankie's so good. <laughs> it's so Yeah, dumb. I definitely I didn't it. notice that, but that's awesome. I've never noticed before, and I've probably read this, like, two or three times at least. Um, and I didn't notice it during the reading. I just noticed it, like, literally right now holding the volume in front of me. All right, so we it kind of cuts around a bit. Like, uh, the Marines are... Like, Fujitor is, like, rolling for Luffy, so that where it's like, oh, if it rolls a one, we won't go after him. And, 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 and like, he gets two ones in a row, so he's like, oh, we're not going after Luffy. Um, uh, Rebecca's about to become a princess. Oh, we cut away to see Sanji's group um, it, so, um, somewhere, wherever they are. Uh, um, presumably Zo, that's where they're supposed to have got, been going. Um, and they're fighting uh, minions of Kaido. And there's a bunch of weird shit going on that we're probably not gonna find the answer to until next time, hopefully. Um, and then we get a get a bit of an introduction. <laughs> oh god, this moment is so the awesome! Man who okay. has a, a a habit, a hobby, you could say, of uh, attempting suicide. <laughs> yeah, like uh, fucking kids alliance who are going after red haired shanks. I forgot yeah, to mention. Yeah, I like how like, they oh, had okay. that cutaway to them, and they're like, "Okay, that's fine. They're going after Kaido. We're not going after Kaido. We're going after Shanks." And then they just stumble into this scenario, like, oh, why is, this, why is there this well, the big human-shaped uh, crater in the ground? <laughs> oh. Uh, the best part about that is that Killer Hat, when he was saying that we're going after red-haired shanks with all the like, serious mode, but he's got, like, noodles, like, slopped out of his fucking mask, and he's, he's covered in sauce. Like, <laughs> it just, it's so dumb. Um, but yeah, like... And you get a bit of a rouge who's like, he gives a prayer to this man who has been defeated by a bunch of the emperors and the marines. But he's also sunk pirate, you know, prison ships. He's the one who cannot be executed. Fucking Kaido. And he just fucking towers above the others. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> it's just, it's a good introduction scene. And his design is good. Like, I mean, we, we kind of don't see his eyes. And we also haven't seen Big Mom in full. Like, we saw her in Shadow after Fishman Island. But, uh, or maybe it was after Punk Hazard. I forget. But we, so we've kind of seen all the four emperors now. So that's cool. Uh, I mean, it's just a cool introduction. Um, the strongest creature alive. Holy shit. Um, oh, um, before we move on, or, or any other thoughts about any of that? Or well, I mean, on the topic, I'm moving on to a different event now, but like on the topic of just having characters be doing something goofy over serious stuff, I liked when um, like the Straw Hat fleet, they had their like salute thing, and they, or they did the toast or whatever, and Luffy's just like, the big blob because he ate all his food and so he's balloon Luffy as he be, but it's just also in like this this kind of serious moment. But he's just Luffy. It's it's great. 
Yeah, the, the, there's always the exposition. Also, there is a character birthday calendar, which made you very sad yes. because you do not share a birthday with the uh, one. Yes, Piece character. as of what, what what was this like November 2015 as or whatever of... the calendar thing was made. I do not share a birthday. Yes. However, something someone because may I... come up later because there is still <laughs> stuff to come. Yes, I, I I looked it up and I let you know that there is indeed a character who you share a birthday with. They just have not shown up in the series at this point. Um, like if they did and the birthday was just revealed after this point, I would have just told you, but it's a character you wouldn't know if I told you, uh, cause I'm lucky. I share a birthday with, uh, Luffy and Damalo Black, uh, the fake Luffy, cause they were both born on May 5th, which is also the anime character birthday. Cause I guess it's children's day in Japan. So for some reason, a lot of character, uh, anime characters have that birthday. Like, okay. Just off the top of my head, exclusively from things that I like, um, uh, Luffy, of course, um, Gon from Hunter x Hunter. Togami from Danganronpa, Oberstein from Legend of Galactic Heroes, Yunochi from Hidemari Sketch, um, Deidara from Naruto. <laughs> like, all these characters have my, th- the birthday of May 5th. So, like, it's just off the top of my head, I know there's more, for sure. Um, so I, I guess I lucked out on the birthday lottery with anime characters. <laughs> Craftsdorf confirmed for anime character. He's real life anime. I, <laughs> I am anime. Oh my god. Alright, so, moving on. We're almost done. Um, Sengoku and Tsuru land. Uh, <laughs> I love how Sengoku, like, Sengoku, like, laughs his ass off when Fujitora's, like, gambling over Luffy's fate. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and then there's a bit of interaction with the, the Tantas, who are, uh, Manchuria's Manch- using her powers to heal people of the country. Um. Oh, I think this, w- I think uh, this was before... Yeah, I think we kind of went past it already. But I liked the scene where Fujitora and Sakazuki were just arguing and just like screaming at each other through these transponder snails. Oh yes, we did. Or was that ahead? We did. We we did skip that. Okay. Yeah. Um. Cause like, yeah, Akainu. Yeah, or Sakazuki's like, you know, he's like, you better fucking arrest Luffy and Laha, and he's like, fine, I will. Um, well, yeah, or, I, like the there, there oh, you was like the exchange or, where Sakazuki's like, you caused our justice to lose all face. And Fujitora is like, well, if your face is all you care yes. about, keep it tucked away. Or he had another line where it's like, if you need to like hide shit to to not lose trust, you never had that trust in yes. the first place. Like he's just completely like ah, that's why I think the world conscription or the the international military draft. I'm using the old name in my head, the fan translation name. Um, like it's interesting because Fujitora, like he. He didn't have to go through the, mar- the the ranks and, like, butt heads. Like, because he would have been, like, Smoker if he went through the ranks, I think, and butted heads with the system because he doesn't agree with it. You know, he's just, like, you know, he, he follows its rules to point out its flaws, but he doesn't, I don't think he agrees with it. Like, Smoker even says, like, if he had had the same rank, he wouldn't have even done what Fujitora did. So, like, Fujitora maybe even disagrees with the system more than Smoker, but Smoker's a character who's been through the system. Like, he, he almost got kicked out a couple times, but Fujitora got, like, a, a fast pass to Admiralhood, and so, like, uh, he, he keeps butting heads, and it's great. <laughs> Fujitora's good. Um, oh, um, I also like this little conversation uh, Riku has with uh, King Elizabello, um, where he's, like... Um, He's like, if only I was some kind of god king who could prevent natural disasters. Like, he's making a joke about what Doflamingo, like, legitimately wanted to be. <laughs> so, like, which I guess goes to show how different they are. Um, oh, yeah, and I, there's a little conversation where, like, oh, Luffy's just such a fucking dork. Like, he's like, he's, he. what does Zoro say? Are you angry, crying, r- rushing, sleeping, or eating? Like, he's just, like, doing everything with his one face. Yeah, he's, like, he's half just, of like, his so face dumb. is asleep, but then he's also, like, eating with the other <laughs> half and, like, trying to talk. 
like one of my favorite gags where Luffy does something and they're like, "Are you even human?" <laughs> like, because it's arguable. <laughs> He's just so weird. Can't wait for that plot twist um, when it turns out that Luffy was actually a, a, a Quincy um soul reaper <laughs> hollow i was gonna say he's okay uh, he's half quincy half saiyan um, <laughs> that's it uh, <laughs> oh man but anyway um so yeah they talk a bit about rebecca oh, wait, oh that's luffy's, right before luffy's we move like, on i did want to also say okay, that okay. like luffy's i like how he's he's like that's just a family thing like he's connected to ace and garp of like falling asleep during conversations because he hasn't fully recovered <laughs> and like eating and whatnot it's good Yes, Luffy's Luffy's always such a dork. It's good, um, but yeah, he talks a bit with about because uh, Rebecca they made a fake story about how she's, uh, you know, like where she because like yeah she she was the the daughter of a, of a prince from another country who Scarlet ran away with you know because Kairos is like because Kairos is still like a, you know he's ashamed of like who he is you know like he's this criminal like he's not pure um, and so Rebecca's but Rebecca gets to become princess so yeah so, so that that tie has been cut off. Um, Oh, and then the Marines, uh, Suru finally rolls, and uh, Luffy, the Marines are heading out to capture them. But Luffy, Luffy runs off to do his own thing, because he's, he's, he's a good boy. He goes to help Rebecca, you know, because she doesn't want to be a princess. She wants to live with, with her dad. And so, she, you know, he, he kidnaps her. <laughs> oh, man. Like, and, and, well, this is so good, because, again, like, uh, you know, I mentioned the Vivi-Rebecca parallels. And so here, you have, like... They're, both of them had someone they wanted to be with. Vivi wanted to be with the Straw Hats, and Rebecca wanted to be with Kairos. And so you really have the differences between their characters because Vivi want also she also wanted to be with her country, so she decided to live with her country. Whereas Rebecca doesn't she doesn't care about Dressrosa. She just wants to be with her dad. So Luffy like you know like Luffy respects Vivi's choice to stay with the country, and Luffy helps Rebecca to be with who she really wants to be with. And it's, I it's guess good. that's also <laughs> maybe that's a point of comparison. Some people might kind of make in their heads is like, oh, Vivi was like a, a like a potent like she. You could argue that like she basically was a straw hat for a period of time, like when they were, or yeah. not quite, but like you know she was there. She's kind of like an honorary straw hat, whereas Rebecca's like nowhere near that. Yeah. Like she, that wasn't even a concern for her. Like her, her father mm-hmm. was her yeah main thing. Because as I understand it, people just call her like a, a rip off Vivi or a knockoff Vivi, which is like. She's like she's yeah she's the opposite of Vivi but like I don't know rip off or knock off implies like she's people think she's supposed to be the same when she's not yeah yeah so, she's, she I mean I like know. yes I like Vivi more but also like Rebecca's not the same character not at all no not at all like again there's just too many deliberately like opposite things that happen like <laughs> um so anyway um but yeah Luffy runs um, a bunch of Marines passed out because. Of their, the Tantas uh, draining too much uh, vitality out of them, but Rebecca, she she goes to her dad, and she's she's the daughter of Kairos, and they hold hands uh, without like I don't even think Kairos has gloves, but he's finally willing to like like go you know he, like she she accepts you know the impurities oh, in him. Oh, that's so to speak. right! I forgot about that. That's that's good. Yes, it, it, like let me. T- I'm just double checking to make sure they were actually holding hands, like because. Yes, they are holding hands, and she says, "Oh!" And she asks, "Is my hand warm?" And she's like, "Yes, it's very warm." Oh, oh just a, just a nice payoff um, to the to the man who was forced to be a toy for so long. Oh, God, it's good. Like I said, Kairos is pro- like, I mean, maybe he's like, because there's also like Doflamingo's great and Bartolomeo's great, but Kairos might be a number three. Like he's I just 
Oh, oh, and I'm just realizing because I was talking about how he like was trying to hide his weakness before, but here when she decides she wants to be with him, he's crying <laughs> in front of her. You know, he's not hiding that weakness anymore. Uh, uh, they're so good. Like, uh, it's. It... Well, I don't know. He still tries oh, to hide it because when she's like, "Are you crying?" He's like, "No, no, I'm not." <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. He's he's such a baby. <laughs> oh man, you're right. That's a good point. Um. But anyway, um, so yeah, the straw, everyone's running again. Uh, every, they got the alliance with them. Um, we kind of already talked about the Law-Sengoku conversation, like, um, where, you know, Law thought that Corazon wanted him to defeat Doflamingo, but that was, it. you know, Sengoku had a better idea of who he was because he'd been with him longer. Um, and they both sort of get closure on that man they both happen to know. <laughs> like, I think Sengoku even thinks, like, to think the one who carries on the will of, you know, Rosinante the Marine was a pirate. Um, but, like, you know, he just wanted you to live free, so, ah, it's good. So, anyway, then we get a bit of a moment between Luffy and Fujitora. Um, what did you think about their brief, uh, fight? It was uh, interesting, more of, like, to hint at things to come, because, like, before this, like, the the Straw Hats normally get away through some sort of circumstance. Like, there hasn't been much of a confrontation with, like, the, the big threats, so in this instance, they're like, okay, it's time to go. And you expect like, oh, there's going to be all the shenanigans that they get around the Navy and they escape scot-free by the just barely once again. But no, this time Luffy's like, <laughs> hey, we're not going to run away. We can't keep doing that because, you know, we're going after we're going after an emperor. So I think it's time that we, we got to take these threats down eventually. So why not start now? And he goes to fight yeah. Fujitora. But I mean, obviously the fight gets broken Fujitora. up and they get rid of him. You know, right. they kind of force Luffy out of there, but... Well, it, yeah, it's like him directly responding to the Savoti shit, where it's like he saw this admiral and he... Or, well, no, he ran from Centamar and Pacifista before Kizaru even showed up. But still, it's like, you know, he he's... Now he's... he's really, He needs to fight. Um, and, you know, he he's gonna try... You know, he, he wanted to try and beat Fujitora because, like, he's gonna, he's gonna have to surpass everyone. So, you know, if he runs from the fight, he needs to do eventually, like, you know... Um, like, he's stronger now. He has his gears. So it's like, yeah. Um, I don't know if he would have won or not. Maybe. I mean, he's got the whole alliance there, but they're all kind of like... But there's also Sengoku and Suter. I don't know. Too many factors, but... Um. I'm trying to think, what was the... Because the relationship that kind of develops here between Fujitora and uh, Luffy is... Who is it? Garp had a... <laughs> or going. It's Garp and somebody. Like, Garp and... A, or no, it was Garp and Roger that had kind of like a... Like, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, a respect like a, despite, uh, yeah, a respectful a... conflict. Like, they they had to do their jobs, but at the same time, they respected each other. And we kind of get some of that here with Luffy and Fujitora. Like, Luffy, I don't know, Fujitora's like, oh, you're disrespecting me, calling out your attacks just because I'm blind. Do you think that this is a handicap or whatever? But Luffy, I forget exactly what he says to him, but then Fujitora's like, oh, you know what, this kid might actually. Not that he, not that he, not so bad because like he's a pirate who you know it's his job to go after pirates. So Luffy's still a threat, but mm-hmm. he has kind of a respect for him now. Well, it's like Luffy earns it like through the fighting, like well, because like Luffy's like calling out his attack, like I'm gonna punch you. Oh, now I'm gonna kick you. And Fujitora gets pissed off, like what are you pitting me? And like Luffy's like, no, I, I don't think you're that bad a guy. And like Fujitora laughs, and I think he even says something like, um. You know, I have a standing to uphold. You know, there's no room for sympathy and likes and dislikes, but, like, he can't help but like Luffy, because Luffy's such a, go- a goof. Um, and, yeah, like, and um, Luffy's decision to fight kind of gets rewarded when, um, well, like, the uh, he, he drops the all the rubble on the uh, the Doflamingo 
allies who were coming in. Uh, so that was nice. Um, yeah, that was that was interesting because like there was a, the way this whole escape was handled was pretty neat because at first like Fujitora again with that kind of flip flopping motives or you know motivations like oh he's gonna even though they're escaping he's gonna drop the the rubble on them but then uh the the dress rosa people go out and they're like oh we're gonna get straw hat ourselves but really it's just a, a distraction to make sure that fujitor doesn't drop the the rubble on the straw hat. yes and so he's like okay i'm not gonna do that then because It'll hurt my image, but also yeah, there's, there's like a bit too. of an ulterior motive. Like, yeah, Luffy, okay, you made <laughs> uh, us like to escape. Even, uh, I'm curious about his backstory because he said he said like he cut out his eyes himself because he he saw too many things I he didn't don't care know for. If, but now he's kind of regretting exactly that. Exactly how it was phrased. I know they said like it was um, kind of like he, he. I thought he said it was in like a battle or something that like he earned these blind eyes, but also like me, it was um, by choice. I don't know. If, no, he said, he earned his lack of sight by my action. I shut these lids on my own. Saw too many things I didn't care for. So he 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 did that. He he, he, he cut out his own eyes. Or blinded himself, basically. So he saw some shit, apparently, that he didn't like. But he now he wants to see Luffy's face. So, um, but yeah, it's great. Um, like, yeah, Fujitora is like, yeah. Because, I don't know, that's the thing with the Marines. Because I've seen people have this, like, with Aokiji, uh, Kuzan, sort of, you know, similar, like, flip-flopping. But, uh, I don't know, I think it's interesting. So, anyway, I think we got one or two major things. And one of those things is the Straw Hat Alliance, which I think is great. All these guys are like, we're gonna be under you. <laughs> and Luffy's like, No. <laughs> such an idiot <laughs> it would cramp my style <laughs> well yeah I do I do like that though because Luffy's all about freedom and so if he if he had this this giant fleet of like 5600 people at his beck and call then he would kind of be shackled to them and he's he didn't he doesn't want that and vice versa like the, he doesn't want them like yeah um he and he even says like you know why not just like you know, if you need me, I'll help you. If you, uh, you know, um, I won't forget that we fought together. And like, well, see, and what's great about it is like their reaction, because like Louis all about freedom, so they decide to, of their own like mutual desires for freedom, they're like, okay, you know, you we're we've decided that you're going to be our boss. Like, Luffy doesn't even get to drink the alcohol because he's like, yeah, what are you guys doing? Like, it's just it's so per it's just such a Luffy way to form an alliance. <laughs> Like, um, cause he would never, like, yeah, he would never take subordinates on under him, like, normally like this, but, so they force it, because that is, and I also love the, when they're drinking the cups, <laughs> uh, Leo's got this, like, giant, to him, it's like this giant sake cup, whereas the giant, he's, like, holding it with two of his fingers, like, don't swallow it, dude, <laughs> cause they're, uh, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's just a good moment. I also like how Zoro just ended up, I think, drinking Luffy's because he's like, he's never gonna, he's never <laughs> gonna agree to something like this. You might as well just give it to me. And then I think he just took it anyway. <laughs> he just likes booze. So <laughs> and Luffy's like, hey, where'd it go? I didn't even drink any. And Zoro's just like wiping his mouth <laughs> with like so with a smile. Oh, he's such a dork. Um, oh yeah, and then after they have they have their victory party, which is always so good. <laughs> and I think especially like one one of my favorite like little bits is in like. One of the panels, like, you see, uh, Zoro has his arm around Law, like, he's dragging him into the party, and Law's just like, no! <laughs> I'm too edgy for this! 
<laughs> I must have missed that one. I'll have to go back and look for it. <laughs> so, uh, Law is just... I love Law's interactions with the Straw Hats. It's so, so perfect. He's just... He's just like, no, and they're like, yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, final thoughts on that. Because there's one more chapter to cover. Yeah, there's uh, so, some new bounties. Yes. Well, before that, we get we see Mr. Mr. Lucci's fandom's boss now. <laughs> Apparently, like that seems to be how they're like acting. Because, um, yeah, no, Spandam even says like, or like it's like Lucci's like they're an obnoxious bunch, and Spandam's like, yeah, you're right, and Sp- Lucci's like, just like you. Oh, that was like, Spandam. Like... <laughs> I didn't even recognize him. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, the 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 mask gives it away. Um, so, yeah, well, because it's where he, it's white instead of black, so yeah, I understand. I guess um, I just wasn't paying the, enough attention to the background character. I was just like, oh, this is just some fodder filler person, right? <laughs> well, it is, but, uh, but, um, so yeah, so basically, somehow in between the cover story and the over the time skip, uh, Lucci and re- returned, and now he's part of Cypherpole 9 or Cypherpole 0 with Spandam, so yeah, that happened. Um, Dressrosa is peaceful. Um, they're built like they build. I like how they they build statues uh, for Luffy or Lucy and God Usopp. Um, you know, fairies are now like kind of existing in the open. Like there's a bit where Rebecca and Manchuri are shopping. They're just cute princesses. Um, and then we cut to Doflamingo's naval escort, where we talk, kind of talked about this already. Where he's like, um, he was holding the reins of the monsters, and we get the page of all the emperors and the worst generation. The and, Oh, he's he's fucking hype. <laughs> okay, he's like, just give me a newspaper. <laughs> he just wants to see everything unfold now that his defeat has caused all these dominoes. Oh, and as far as like potential for Delphamingo coming back to the story, um, Jack, uh, there's a pirate called Jack who's got. It looks like he's got Kaido's flag on his ship, and he's going trying to. He's like, oh, there, oh, we can't, oh, we can't stop. Those men are like, we can't stop them. And he's like, who do you think I am? Uh, and I was so, like, "Who are just, you, you mi- mysterious Captain <laughs> <yeah>. Jack?" <laughs> well, we saw, did see he, he was named back on Punk Hazard back with the when there was the video footage of the 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 smiley stuff. There was like some guys who were like, "We need to go tell Jack." Uh, so uh, he's had this character in mind for a while. Um, God, that was over a hundred chapters ago. For Jeff Rose is so fucking long. Um, so yeah. Um, Oh yeah, so we found out about the Vivra card. Luffy has a Vivra card now that all his alliance and Bellamy has, um, and Sabo too. And yet yeah, we we get to see all the bounties. Uh, Luffy went up. Luffy and Laura at five hundred each. Uh, Zoro went. I think he had the biggest increase because he went from one hundred twenty to three twenty. Um, everyone else got about about about. Got Usopp. He's no longer like he's now being recognized. Like because I, I kind of accidentally spoiled it a while ago. Um, like I tried not to, cause I said, "Oh, Doflamingo recognizes him as God Usopp," but now the Marines do, cause that was like his big character moment. He's being recognized for him and not under the mask of his lies. Like so, you know, he, cause he 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 disowned his lie to the Tantas and fought on his own, and you know, he got beat, but he saved everyone. So, and now he's he's got the third highest bounty in the crew. <laughs> it's above Sanji's. This little shit, <laughs> and that's so good. Um. But yeah, poor Chopper is only at 100. <laughs> yeah, Chopper still doesn't have anything. Yep. Um, and then, mysteriously, Sanji's wanted poster says, Only alive. Only Not alive. dead or alive. Only alive. That's very mysterious, but we are done. <laughs> um, for this 
uh, set of chapters. Um, so yeah, we, we already kind of talked about our overall opinions on the arc. You were kind of disappointed, though you did uh, actually like the arc, um, despite my um, un- me not thinking so. I thought, oh no, he hates it. Or she hates it. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, I did really like it. Like, I'm not sure if it's in my top five or not, and there's still like one major arc to come that I, I know for a fact is in my, yeah, so uh, in my top five. But Dress Roses, I think it's really good. I think it's interesting. Um, I have a lot to uh, talk about if I do a video on it, because, like, again, it is kind of contentious, so I definitely want to do it justice. Um, I mean, maybe someone else has already done some videos. Like, I know, because um, someone asked about uh, Mr. Morge. He did a video on Dress Rosa, mostly talking about Doflamingo. Um, I have not seen that video yet. Um, I did hear some conversations, so if I said points that he talked about, like, I haven't seen, he also did one on fights where apparently mentioned the Doflamingo fight. I also have not watched that one. So if I had some points that were similar to what his saying, we're just noticing the same things, I guess. Because um, I, I didn't even see conversation around the fight one. I saw a little bit about the Doflamingo one, but I don't, I haven't seen it, so I can't say much. But, um, nope, Mathwiz, sorry, you can't watch these videos <laughs> yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, next time we are reading at chapters 802 to 856. We are almost done. This will be our second to last episode of One Piece of the, the the current discussion. Like I said, we will eventually come back to the ongoing arc when it ends. Like if it's going to be 50 chapters, if it's going to be 100 chapters, when it ends. So yeah, um, thank you. Go ahead and vote on the poll. Heaven or hell, let's rock, apparently. Um, thank you and see you next time.